The following program contains adult language and juvenile conversations. Listener discretion is advised. So I had a cool intro planned uh, because I have uh, the frontman of one of my favorite bands ever. And uh, later on, I have one of my best friends on the planet on the show, and I'm really excited. But my co-host next to me is super excited over the fact that he just watched a video of a rhino shitting and he's in hysterics and I can't concentrate. So welcome to Trick or Treat Radio. Welcome to episode 280 of Trick or Treat Radio. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture. Navigated by the Deadites. The Deadites are the world's greatest electroshock band. We destroy monsters, we drink booze, we win championship belts, and uh, we also have been known to uh, talk to some awesome front man right off the top here, Mars. So why don't you yeah, go man. ahead and, and give us an intro? Super excited. Um, this Sunday... At the beautiful Cove Music Hall, uh, our home base. I know a lot of listeners have gone down there to see uh, to see us rock the stage. Um, joined by my deadbeat children, the Pathetics, um, returning to Worcester, Massachusetts, celebrating 25 years of touring. It will be a bloody night, and I am bringing the bloody knife. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the only front man in the world to out-dynamo Dynamo. It's Evil Presley of the Independence. You said nothing about having a bathroom with a camera in it. <laughs> you watch me took a shit, man. That's true. Sorry about that. How's it going, Evil Man? man? Good, man. How you doing? Good. It's it's been a, it's been a bit. I think it's been a couple years since we last caught up with you, but uh, you guys have been been doing your thing and uh, still doing it. You guys still have probably some of the best T-shirt designs I've seen in the biz. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and, you. Thank and you. You guys are just continuing on, man. So give us give us a little update on uh, the independence about what you guys have been up to the last couple of years. Oh, uh, shit. Just drinking a lot. Drinking <laughs> a lot. Drinking a lot. <laughs> uh, Touring this, the last two and a half, the last two years, I've really cut back to touring, especially this year. We only did like fucking eight shows this year. Wow, and that's crazy for us because we've always done over two hundred. So we're anxious to get back out and start playing again. We got um, a song on a compilation on Cleopatra Records called Isabella that came out on Halloween, and that's been doing really well for us. It's awesome. been like number one in California wow. for a while. This. Uh, internet thing they're doing out there i forgot the fucking name. a scott parade it's like yeah. a punk scott thing okay worldwide so that's when we're you know number one on that for like two and a half months which is really cool for us beating out like the specials boston wow, and a lot of really yeah. big bands which is you know i'm you know really happy about we got a new seven inch just came out a couple of days ago um on snub records and we're going to be touring yeah, doing some shows up north, playing with you guys. Yeah, hanging out, cool. Drinking, yeah, stinking. <laughs> Trying to be so hungover this time and the last time at Ralph's, man. Oh, good lord, <laughs> it was trouble. It was trouble. Now, um, 
you guys haven't played at the uh, at the Cove uh, Music Hall uh, since it, it was originally the Lucky Dog, and I think you guys had rocked there. Cool, but I, I yeah, don't think yeah, you guys played several times. Yeah, and I, I'm I, and now our bass player owned the Lucky Dog, so I'll never say a bad you know thing about it. But uh, yeah. I, what I will say about the Cove is that you are you're in for you're in for a great time. That place looks great. It sounds great. Um, you're you're gonna have a great time. Uh, Ted did a great cool. job down there. Yeah, good an upgrade. Yeah, it for did. sure. Yeah. We've all, we always had a good time there. I mean, it's always been a great, great town to play. Everyone, you know, guys got a lot of friends there. Yeah, you know, we've been playing there for so long. You know, pathetics as usual. You know, those guys are fucking pathetic. Yep, so. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Did you know they were my children? Right, well, evil. I had no idea. I just thought you'd fucking shit it out a couple little turds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's true. A couple little pathetic turds. Yeah. Uh, I love those guys. Wow. How many true. shit references have Actually, actually they came down south and did shows with us. They did. While. They did. The, the, it's been a few years. The chop yeah. battles between you and Stalte are the stuff of legend. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Flair has nothing on me. I don't know if I'd want to get into a chop battle with you, Evil. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, a, or, a, yeah. or a shot battle for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know kind my limits. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So we are going to be. Uh, you, you had sent a, I, Isabella to Mars, so we're going to be playing that at one of our breaks, so people can can cool. you know get a chance to listen to some of that. But uh, you know we're not going to play the whole thing. You got to buy that shit. You can get it on uh, Bandcamp. Uh, so we'll provide yep. that that info for you guys if you want to. But uh, go to punkrockhalloween.bandcamp.com and just look for the track Isabella from the Independence, and you'll be hearing that in a little bit. We'll play that in uh, in a little bit. But uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously, Evil, you guys are doing the touring thing now. You you put a bunch of releases out, and are you guys going? Uh, is this are you doing just kind of a domestic tour to start? Are you guys going to be doing uh, Canada as well? No, we're just doing like these five dates up north. Yep. We're still trying out drummers. Oh, I drummers are a fucking beast to keep yeah so you know drummers out there please you know if you want to try out let us know yeah there and you go. uh just go to my facebook page vincent carloff and email me there or something because that's been the biggest obstacle is getting a lineup that can tour yeah you know, getting guys who can you know really hang and do it as much as we do it and you know and to be good yeah <laughs> so that's that's the whole thing. So yeah, it's tough. But yeah, you know, we do that. Then I know we're talking about doing this uh, kind of a box set greatest hits thing mm-hmm. early in the spring and doing a full North American tour for that and see about maybe going back overseas. And I'd like to really get a new record out next year, hopefully brand new stuff. So. Awesome. So a- any prospective drummers out there, if you can hang in a chop battle with Evil, if you can take shots. Uh, with evil, and uh, you can play your fucking ass off, and you want to tour the independence. Yeah. Get in touch with uh, with. You gotta evil. be able to play the drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what I say at the fucking bar. You gotta be able to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> or in the morning. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> it's true. That's uh. That yeah. It sounds phenomenal, man. I, I'm I'm hoping that we can we can get a chance to go and uh and you know get to hang with oh, you guys. I'll be I'll be there unless something terrible happens, which uh, inevitably uh yeah, something you never know. Yeah, it's terrible happens, but uh you know I'll be there. It's an early show too. I think it starts at seven or something. Doors are seven. So. Yeah, I'm even going to suffer through the pathetics for you guys. <laughs> oh man, should be good. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds great. And are you guys? Uh, you guys have a cu- have shows leading up to to that one on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, we do. We play some really Sorry, cool my... shows actually. 
this Friday we played uh, Clifton, New Jersey, Dingbats. It's uh, Krampus Fest 1. Oh, nice. That's yeah. us with the Undead, which features Bobby Still of, um, used to be the Misfits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, a lot of bands. Accelerators, I mean, there's a bunch of bands on that. And then the next night is part two of the Krampus Fest, and that's in Long Branch, New Jersey. And that's going to be a really great show. It's got Argyle Goolsby and the Roving the Night, Crookie Five, the Big Bad, um, bunch of bunch of great bands. Nice. And then uh, we hang out with you fuckers, drink a little bit, nice. and then we have a, a day off the next day. So you're really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have time to. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the thirteenth, we're in Providence, Rhode Island, at the Feet Music Hall. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, 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 so, yeah. A lot of that's a with the, with the Gobshites. Ah, oh, nice. nice. Nice, nice. Well, I, uh, you know, before we let you go, I got to do the uh, the the ball washing portion of the show. Uh, I picked I picked up oh, Into the Light uh, not too long after I saw you guys last time, and it may be the only CD that um, is is still in the car. Use a coaster? No, no. <laughs> I, uh, it's like uh, it it occasionally gets taken out, but it's put back in like soon after. Like it's it's a. Uh, it's a masterpiece, and I, I love you guys. Oh, and thank I, you. I thank loved you, you guys much, forever, man. but uh, uh, I, lo- I love that EP, so it's, it's fucking great. So, Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we put a lot of work into that one, so I appreciate that. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't, go check out the Independence merch because they have some phenomenal shirts, and I know, Evil, uh, every now and then you tend to post them on, on our Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group, so yeah. you know, hopefully some people have uh, been able to check some of those out and, and get some of those, but... Uh, you, you guys have some of the coolest merch out there. So, yeah, definitely. If you guys have Thank not you. listened to The Independence, uh, you need to rectify that. Yeah. yeah, so go check out The Independence <laughs> and, uh, you know, go listen to the stuff. And, and you're going to hear Isabella a li- in a little bit here. So, uh, but you got you guys got to check out The Independence because they're fucking awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Thank you. What, what we'll have to do is when you, when things aren't so hectic, let's, let's plan something else again. Evil, it's been a while, so we'd love to catch up and just kind of shoot the shit. And uh, maybe we'll talk some horror or have, or you know, talk, talk about an old school film or something. I'll like only really be out of it. <laughs> <laughs> if you talk about boogers and shit eating, I'll get Willie B involved. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll have to find a movie that, that deals with both of those topics then. I think, yeah, I, think I could come up with a couple. One through 14. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't what's his name who just passed away, the guy that worked with Ed Wood, didn't he have a movie called Fart? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Conrad, yeah, Conrad, fart the uh, movie with Conrad Brooks. Conrad yeah, Brooks, yeah. right? <laughs> awesome. I had that movie. It's amazing. <laughs> well, until we talk about farts next time, uh, <laughs> Evil. <laughs> it was a blast having you on for a few minutes, my friend. And uh, anyone out there, if you're around driving distance of the Cove Music Hall on Sunday, what's the date on that? The tenth. Perfect. Uh, if you if you guys are around on December tenth. Uh, at the Cove, please come down and check out the Independence and uh, play Our Providence on the thirteenth. Yep, there you go. You got two opportunities in the area to check them out. So come check out the Independence. Come hang out with Evil, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to to seeing Evil. It'll be awesome, man. It's going to be All great. Right. Cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, you got it, bud. We'll, we'll catch up with you soon. All right, take care. Man. All right, take care, bud. All right. So, everyone, go check out Evil and the Independence. You you missed it, Raven Shadow. Uh, Evil was pissed that you weren't coming to see him because you were playing Vampire the Masquerade on Sunday. You didn't tell him that. We did. You are gone. No, didn't we, Wolfie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, it did happen. Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We have an adjustment. Normally, we fucking. Can we? Can we? Nosferatu. Can we? Can we edit this out? Yeah. No, I started doing it in front of some people from the shop. Hello. 
Oh, oh, thank God, Jakey's here. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> he just saved Raven Shadow. <laughs> thank you, Jakey. <laughs> he he is um, instead of going to see a rock show with the Independence on Sunday, he is going to be playing Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> hey, all right. Is it um, is it uh, like a um, like a LARPing thing? No, it's fu- not fucking. No, it's not nerdy. Uh, <laughs> no. If you were LARPing that, you would be in like having goth orgies. No, no, right? it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, independent theater because it's improv. You know? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Who, uh, wait, who told you this? Well, Someone sold you on it by saying that. It's my justification. <laughs> no, I uh, no, my my buddy, mine from the shop, started doing it uh, like last summer, and uh, we try to do it every other Thursday. Um, but unfortunately, because the holiday season, it means we gotta we gotta do our final game of twenty seventeen. Oh, uh, so you've been doing this for a while. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> what's your what, whoa, whoa, whoa. what's your character's name? <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, what's funny? My character is uh, set in Paris, right? And my character okay. is a man. Was a former manager of. A, oh, he's a former man of a, a former man <laughs> of a former uh, synth band. That while on tour in Paris, the band basically got fucking tuned up, drugged out, and uh, left me holding the bag. So like they canceled dates um, at shows. Oh, so it sounds like NZ's uh, life story. Canceled dates. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so then I'm, I'm a former um, manager that gets sucked into the world of the masquerade. And my name is Alvin Cole. <laughs> Alvin Cole. Al- Al- Alvin Cole. But then, yeah. then, then my masquerade name becomes Al Cool. Right? Ah! That's the fucking thing there. No Al Cool. Al Cool. It's true for alcohol. I think yeah. I think T Dog inspired that name. That's not water. That's alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. Jakey, oh, what is this geez. shit? I don't know. My the show. You're wasting all the good stuff. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? I'm not saying that uh, my game is cooler than yours, but my character's name is Rama, and I am a telekinetic uh, samurai. Um, Oh, what about the Julian Driver character? No, that's yeah. We so oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What what are you trying to say? <laughs> Jake, what I got on both sides of me. Jake, I, did you cool. hear about his role playing character, Julian Driver? Uh, no, yeah. yeah. I got a kinetic. He was, he was blonde and handsome, and drove a car. I got a kinetic samurai over at one side, and I got a goddamn Al Cool on the other side. <laughs> Al Cool. Al cool. What the hell is going on? What would be your uh, role playing name, MZ? My, I, uh, uh, actually, I think my role playing name would be uh, Jeremy Curswell. Erdotron. <laughs> that's, that's a terrible. That's a name. dumb name. Yeah, yeah it, it is Why a dumb name. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm a Virgintron. No <laughs> <laughs> Optimus, Optimus Chafing. Scrotimus so, Prime. So check this out. So for my Tuesday game, um, I can't believe you knew that. We created uh, me and my uh, two other guys who are the uh, game masters created a alternate history where Whoa, all this stuff. You're the happened. what masters? Game masters. Oh, okay. And I'm the I've gatekeeper. Had some, I've had some. I've had some game meat. Um, <laughs> with a giant floor. But uh, so are you the gamekeeper? Yeah. So. Uh, and now we've uh, they've updated the world, so it was happening after World War One. Yes, um, and we were fighting the British, who were uh, the dominant evil force in the world. And then there was Damn alien invasion. Um, mm. So then we've picked up many years after we stopped. 
in the same world uh, in the 60s. So, uh, you know, now we're in the 60s and we've created new characters that exist, but the world's changed because of the alien invasion and um, oh, course, the fact yeah. that our characters may or may not have accidentally blown up a whole part of the Western Hemisphere. Um, so, you know, like, uh, you know, but I mean, I'm not saying that me, uh, I was fighting giant uh, zombie-like monsters uh, this week. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. cooler than, you know, <laughs> running around Paris, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe. Well, no, it's it's in it's improv improvisation. <laughs> listen to you, <laughs> listen, justifying yeah. it. Yeah. So did you a, did we learn a new word today or something? I mean, you 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 said it. Yeah, I learned like it four from, times already. I don't know. My character knows it. I, I tapped into him. He's fucking. You know, smart. for some reason, I believe that. <laughs> for some bizarre reason, I believe that. Yeah, my, my my character kind of drinks too much, smokes too much. Uh, wow, it's very autobiographical. <laughs> but now I'm it's another these, word for you. But now I'm having these trials though, because we we did season one where I was like the uh... <laughs> trials, huh? This movie's fucking pretty dope. I'll tell you that much. This is the highest grossing Chinese film. Um, but yeah, so free, I was like a I was a man out of time or out of my country because I'm new to the masquerade, right? It's a fucking secret. Shh. Um, but then season two, I'm now we jumped ahead, so now I'm uh, more advanced. So I'm, I'm the Al Cool. <laughs> Al Cool. <laughs> I bet your Julian Driver and uh, Al Cool would be very good. Friends. <laughs> you drive me around. About, are they going to drive a boat together? Yep. Yeah. Is she related to uh, Julia Louis Driver? No, oh. he was blonde and handsome, and he drove the vehicles yep. for the team oh. yep. and shot a gun. So now <laughs> I'm having these trials to become. Uh, I'm a bruja too, by the way. A bruja? A bruja. Explain. It's like the... Uh, Why didn't you pick Gangrel? Because uh, uh, of basically my... Wow. Because of my... <laughs> because of my... <laughs> specifications. You I'm hold like, a goblet with two hands while you play? Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't have to. You got, a, you got a frilly shirt that you wear now, too? <laughs> no, because that's, that's not what the bruja wears. Pointy teeth and... You know, this is... It, it, that's and, more uh, of a, Lawson Lantis is, is oh, hanging shit. out in the chat room and said that this is very inside baseball, and it absolutely is. <laughs> Most of these are in-jokes that no one's going to fucking know except people in this room. Yeah, ma- ma- maggots edge. You're eating maggots. <laughs> wow. So do you dress a certain way when you... Uh, when I play? Yeah. Well, no, I, you know, I wear, you know, my, my street clothes, my clothes. Talk differently? I do. No, because uh, he's an American, so I can I can actually <laughs> play uh, an American in uh, in uh, Paris. In Paris, yeah. 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 So I can, I can be confused, and it's my character. So <laughs> wow. it's a role you were born to play. Yeah. I can be confused. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing it's though: you're doing really yeah. good role playing if you have a character that speaks English. Bombaleo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but the band I managed was the Dead Mannequins. Yeah, you won't play with you won't play with us though. Well, I mean, can you can you? I mean, we don't have to die though. We just kind of—it's it's theater on a base. So level. you don't just die. <laughs> it's theater. It's theater. It's theater. I say, gold chap. It's theater. <laughs> theater. Oh. Yeah, tell us I fucking talk in Paris. The Renfield, get me my theater. <laughs> I say. I only had to. I only. <laughs> theater. I only had to, to uh, roll a couple times because I was the bloodlust. You rotten right. little scallywags. You, I'm yeah. going to the theater. <laughs> I'm going to smack your bottom. Here we go. Quit your lollygagging, you little bastard. I'm going to the theater. 
why would he even talk like that? I don't know, man. Now he's got me involved. Man. But then it's like you do it. Here's your moment, and you're like, oh, oh wait, wait, maybe you should get involved because maybe you could get maybe you could get laid in uh, the role playing game. Yeah. No, because my role playing character would get laid before I do. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> we'll what the hell fun is that? We'll toss you. To you got to make us. Monster Zero failed his stamina roll. <laughs> <laughs> now take your pants off. <laughs> oh, Christ. Monster Zero's fictional partner just gets shot in the eye. <laughs> I rolled a one. Sorry. I came. That's what I'm going to say now every time I underperform that <laughs> I failed my stamina roll. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got a plus four recovery. Natural twenty. <laughs> oh my jeez! Uh, I'm sorry, Evil. Uh, yeah. Man, if anyone is yeah. listening because of uh, the cult of muscle and the independence, uh, yeah. well, Evil's uh, already. That's... Evil's probably still pissed at me for looking at my phone last time he was on. Yeah. Yeah, keep making Yeah, that right. He caught you looking at your phone. Yeah, when we saw him with the show, he's like, yeah, he's that asshole wearing another red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, a girl's in the chat room, and he says, oh. werewolf or nothing. Only way to roll through the world of darkness. Well, it wasn't the option, Goro. <laughs> oh. Come over and play. <laughs> I so play on Tuesdays. Vampires and Vampire the Masquerade? No other uh, supernatural creatures? Well, I mean, it's called Vampire the Masquerade, right? Yeah, but the reason that those <laughs> yeah. are set up that way it is, is the that world can, of darkness. Yeah, yeah, you can mm-hmm. use all those other people. I like candles. <laughs> when you play, do you like candles? Well, before people come over, I kind of I kind of run around the house. All I get scared. <laughs> play, I'm like, I'm a vampire. Ooh. We used to play in a Masonic Lodge, but now we play in some uh, a policeman's garage. Oh, shit. Uh... It's now, sorry, it's it's not uh, Lost Atlantis. It's East of Atlantis now. Oh. East of Atlantis says, sorry, he can't hear you. He's doing laundry. <laughs> Talk about a taskmaster. Wow. Talk about inside baseball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oily says, Jake, can you steer this to barbecue talk? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I want to hear more about this Parisian masquerading. <laughs> Wait, do you have like eyes wide shot parties? No, I mean we haven't not got that, that far, you know of. We haven't got that far in the game yet. Oh, I mean in the game in the world, uh, we haven't encountered yet. But I'm I'm on the trials now. Do you fight? <laughs> my, do you what fight the trials? You? I I had a um. Who was my my sire? No, my uh, sire was, was a bad. She's a bad girl. She legitimately sounds like the most boring thing <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. Do, in my do life. you have a ward, Christ, man? No, no, do you have no, a, your own no. Dick Grayson? Ooh, when everyone leaves. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so my my sire was a bad girl. So I was under the wing. <laughs> the she was. I, was a bad. I girl. give up. Yeah, I just wasn't. give up. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was. I was. I was a bad girl. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Right? <laughs> because she found me drunk in a bathroom, and then. She no an alleyway an alleyway and then she she brought she embraced me yeah um, this imitating life is it was yeah tremendous that was a weird lucky dog show um, <laughs> but then 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 uh, I forget my mentor's name uh, but he feels responsibility to me so now that we're in season two I'm under these trials to be ultimate bruja. Ultimate Bruja. <laughs> ultimate Bruja. And it was funny. There was a thing. We were in this room, 
and then uh, another brouhaha his trial. And it's like the Kobayashi. <laughs> this reminded me of the time when there's a, a friend of mine who has a similar speech infliction to Michael Ravenshadow, uh, was who used to game with us, was telling me that I was trying to decide which one of these hallways to go down. And he told me, I already went down this one and there was a sugar goth. And I thought it was going to be a hot goth, hot fake goth lady sugar at the goth. end, but it was like a fucking Lovecraftian sure goth <laughs> monster. A sugar goth. Yeah, it was bad. It was no, it was it was, it was not not a proud day for old Julian Driver. On that day. <laughs> not totally not named after two Ryan Gosling characters. In no, case you not concerned. a not an NCIS hacker, just a cosmic horror. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh man, I love her too. Um, uh, Raven Chat, you have to update us every fucking time you play now. Yeah, you know, yeah right. <laughs> I will. This needs to be a sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was my, my trial real quick was one guy, <laughs> one one Bruja had to hold a giant like 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 cement uh, ball. A what? A cement, a cement ball? A, c- a c- cement. It's not fucking. We'll make a road. Merry Christmas, Bruja. So he had to hold it for a long time, right? And I had to like kind of fuck with him, and I had to poke him. I had to poke him with a um. What do you call it? What do you call it when you poke? What's this? What's this? Oh, a oh. finger? A poker? No, like we fire a fireplace. Oh, a fire po- a fireplace poker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I had to keep poking him. I had him. Oh, in and in because I fucked up. Because uh, this is a fucking thing. He really gets he into this. Shoulder. Because of some, I forget what happened. It was a long time before we played. Um, but I had some enchantment, some I don't know Dracula vet machination where if something was sca- was bad, like. Like watching one of MZ's movies, or I saw like a car accident. My character had to laugh. So like, like serious things would be like, "Oh, this is a dead baby." <laughs> no, that's not funny. <laughs> but it is, you know. So I had, to, I had to like, I had to act. No one knew that I was had this fucking enchantment. <laughs> it was a big secret. Don't tell anyone. Shh. It was well, the 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 I don't know what you call the vampire master, the the guy who ran the game thing. But only we know, and people were confused. But that's why the acting comes into play because I, I fucking nailed it. I cannot wow. wait. Call this Jared. Is amazing. I cannot wait to fucking find out how you actually pronounce his character class. <laughs> it's Bruja. Bruja. Yeah. What about Broheim? It's short. Well, it's it's Bruja. <clears throat> yeah. Like Bruja? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 my, it's, it's definitely lacking the It's Haas. a witch. No, the Bruja. The Bruja. They're kind of like the, the DX of uh, the Master <laughs> of the Ring. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah. Did you crotch shop everyone? Yeah, yeah I do. That's a super, is that a, you, you know, think like you could tell us who to power? feed on? <laughs> <laughs> you better turn into a bat for the mask. <laughs> Bite it. Mix Bite it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got two words for you. Bite it. <laughs> V-Puck. Um, V-Puck. <laughs> is that your name? You should change yeah. your name. V-Puck. 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 Make some V-Puck. vampires. <laughs> Suck it. Some blood in the bucket. <laughs> hey, they love it. The chat room's empty now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably. I think think we lost everybody. (laughs) This is my favorite episode ever already. (laughs) Two tears. Man, I'm I'm proud that you're role-playing again. I just wish that you would be role-playing with me. I'll role-play with you. Let's start a group with Jesse G. Jesse G wants to play. All right. So Wolfie Uh, can play every once in 10 years when he's free. East of Atlanta says, I'd fully expect to find a drunken Raven Shadow in an alley or a bathroom. Both make sense. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not a hard character to play. No. I mean, I didn't really... Yeah, it's not much character. of a stretch. <laughs> <for you. laughs> like, cool. Me and Aries were talking recently about our favorite Raven Shadow moment when... Uh, <laughs> Aries often gets mad at me. We have a very Dennis the Menace and Mr. Wilson type uh, thing. 
And I went and got him. I go, Raven Shadow has had a few too many. And he's like, how many a few too many? Like, like about a hundred few too many. <laughs> and I don't want him to drive. Can you drive him home? Yes. Where is he? I, I sent him downstairs. He goes, you sent him downstairs? I go, yeah. He goes, I'm going to open this door, and he's going to be dead at the bottom of the stairs. And it's going to be your <laughs> fault because he cannot walk down the stairs. And literally, we opened the door. We didn't see him at first. And then we looked down, and Raven Shadow's lying on the top three stairs. <laughs> like, that's as far as he got. He's just lying. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was like five, six years ago. Yeah, it's true. That was a so while ago. Cor- Corny, Corny wants to know where Ares is. And uh, we think Ares is... Christmas show. Raging War. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Christmas shoppers. Both are accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Take in, your pick. He's in uh, Israel right now. Whoa, whoa, the capital? I'm not sure. I'm not saying nothing. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where anything is. Yeah, I don't endorse anything. <laughs> someone, someone did some fake news on my news feed last night. And I thought for fucking sure that that whole house of cards was going to come tumbling down. But what did? It's the final season. Oh God! <laughs> I, I meant the I meant the real one. <laughs> thought they fucking had him mr toupee so so yeah so aries may or may not be here he 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 had some stuff to tend to so we may or may not be here and uh time will tell bosh says listen guys the curse of oak island is real yes Mm -hmm. all right uh julie meow meow says hey poop heads hey julie oh hey it's a compliment around these parts yeah Yeah. don't call me a poop head julie See, I'm mad at her. You think you think I wouldn't be wow. mad at her, but I just fucking yelled right at her. Julie. Wow, it's a fucking domestic. You're like smiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there and he goes. off camera. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm embarrassed because Jakey's so hot. Yeah. Did you see the nice picture me and him I posted? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah, it's very like nice. me and a so, cuddly. Speaking of which, I mean, obviously, we've had him on a bunch of times. So if you've listened to the show before, you've probably heard his voice. But we're joined... By the very sexy and masculine Jakey Poo from the Cult of Muscle. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> within, within seconds of me coming on here, I, I hear all the vampire masquerade stuff. I feel like I just like hit the party like right when it was starting to rage. Right. <laughs> just just control that Amen. enthusiasm, will you? Yeah. No, no. I'm 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 a uh, uh, what, what's the term? Six to midnight? Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> oh. I'm right. oh. I, I, I got to tell you, Jakey, the show's been fucking great lately. Yeah. Especially yeah. the oh, one oh, with... my show? Yeah, yeah. especially oh, the I... one without you. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, what, because I never... Is... I'm, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when you, you know, do the episode, you know, you experience it so you don't, like, feel a burning desire to return to it unless you're Raven Shadow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then you but... listen to it three times. Yeah, exactly. But when I'm when I'm not on the show, I actually get really excited, and I, I imagine a world where I don't actually have to do the podcast that I do. Like it exists, and so I just kind of like live vicariously through some fictional person, and it's it's fun. Um, so so yeah, um, I don't even know where that was going. Yeah. So I, I'll just drink some more of this well, this tequila, Jakey. I'll be honest, I, I didn't listen to the latest episode because I saw you weren't on it. Yeah, I'm not. Well, the, I thought, quite I thought the, you yeah. were watching King of Pro Wrestling, and that's why you. Were. <laughs> no. Don't don't hold you. Talk about inside baseball. If you hold your breath, <laughs> exactly. You want to do any podcasts or anything else anymore? But in terms of um, pimping, if I can do that real quick, <gasps> of course, because uh, we're on the precipice of a um, yeah a big, milestone, big one. Yeah, um, 
Well, this upcoming, like, uh, two days from now, so next week's episode, um, we're doing episode 199, which is we're kind of treating as a um, an alternate universe podcast where we only review misguided melodramas right. that are uh, hilariously terrible. Uh, we're reviewing, um, oh, God, Tiptoes, which is like a midget movie with Gary Oldman. Oh, wow. Uh, who plays a midget, and it's like... Hyper embarrassing. Mexico <laughs> just grabbed his phone. Kate Beckinsale, yeah, Kate Beckinsale's in it. It's got like a crazy cast wow. for what wow. it is. It's like super earnest, like early two thousands. Know like, what I mean? <laughs> misguided um, uh, uh, Oscar bait, and then there's Detachment, which is an Adrian Brody movie about um, that, that high movie, school teachers. That movie fucked up. Yeah, it, 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 that's terrible. And then we're also doing uh, this year's Book of Henry, which is uh, notoriously, you know, considered like one of the worst movies of the year because of uh, spoiler. It's basically about a kid beyond the grave teaching Naomi Watts how to like murder a man. It's real, but it's like presented as this precocious, you know, fucking Simon Birch type movie. So that's fun. And then after that, obviously, we've got episode two hundred and. Uh, we'll 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 do a bunch of stuff. We don't know we don't know what that's going to be yet, but it'll probably be like the last episode where we just talk about a bunch of movies that are iconic and great. And is it going to be seven? Talk- o- is it going to be seven hours? That's I what hope I so. Know. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. We're kind of at the point of our, our in our uh, podcasting career where it's difficult to just kind of rip those episodes off anymore. But I think even if we have to take a week or two off, like we're going to make this a we're gonna make this a special uh, little shindig. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm calling him whether you want me or not to at the four and a half hour mark to make sure we get to where we need to be. <laughs> <laughs> people expect seven I'd, I'd hours. Love I'd love to get all of you guys I, on the show. Well, honestly. I'll tell you this: after my voicemails ruin the whole segment, you don't do it anymore. Uh, no, you know, that's not that's not on you. That's that, just no. Us. That is that is what happened. No, 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 no. So, no. for those of you who don't know, I would call his show and leave two and a half hour long voicemails like people would forget what podcast they were listening to by the end of it and i don't remember what i was saying yeah at least at least you left left you know feedback i haven't called into you guys for probably over a year i've been terrible i've been a terrible listener well you don't you don't have to commute anymore you know so i i think that that uh that was that was your outlet i I do now and i I listened to you guys uh last episode with um mr newell Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, nice. that was good stuff. That was good fun. You yeah. guys, you guys do a good podcast. Thank you. Aww. You need to Shucks. stop. You need to stop being so self-deprecating, and just embrace that people call in, reading you poetry and shit. Because they don't do it to our show. No. <laughs> well, you don't. Awesome. To be fair, you don't let them anymore. You don't, you don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. I left a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. Raven Shadow oh, yeah. keeps leaving them. I was afraid when Eric Newell was on that he was going to take a step back and be like, "Wait a minute, these motherfuckers just copied our show." We didn't copy. I'd never listened to their show before. I, no, they don't have radio Like, before show. we started doing I, I subtly manipulated early on. Subtle manipulations of mine. Z. They don't have your guys' uh, uh, very special and particular alchemy. I got news for you. No <laughs> one has a Monster Zero. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's, what's, that's what makes it so and No uh, one has vital. a fucking Raven Shadow. No. Exactly. <laughs> Who, uh, you should have that. What was the fucking word you used? Uh, which one? The, the... Theater? Yeah, Denouma. Denouma, uh, no, the, the theater. Uh, uh, theater. Imp- improvisational. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, hey, Raven Shadow, from yeah. now on, every time you're talking about Vampire the Masquerade and you, uh, I don't know if the people in the video can see me do this, 
But every single time you say improvisational, you have to do this. Improvisational. <laughs> what are you, Sable? Yeah, uh, <laughs> stick, the, stick the pinky out. Yep. At least Raven Chad was able to stay in the mic when he did it. That's a very bizarre dark world. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Jakey, uh, Oily Maniac, sent an email, and he he requested you to read it. So I sent it to you to read for later. So just let me know if you got that. I I emailed it to you. So to our podcast email. Uh, To your the one you you gave me for the the Plex thing, Mabobber. Okay, okay. Let me, uh, yeah, okay. I'll, so, I'll, I'll yeah. take Gander. Yeah, we're not doing it until later, but I just wanted to okay. give you a heads up on that. Awesome. So, tonight, we haven't even discussed this yet. We're already uh, 40 minutes into the show. Uh, Thank you, Oily. It is December Double Feature Cram Jam. We've been doing this, I think, our, is a th- maybe third year, maybe fourth. I don't remember. But So, we do this every December, and what we do is we just basically try to play catch-up. We're, you know, we're nearing the end of the year. We have our year-end list to do, and we want to try to get all these films in so we can you know, give a, a proper sort of rundown at the end of the year. That's right. Because who else does 13 months of reviews in 12? <laughs> wow, look at that. Just us, yeah. yeah well, we do guys. a top 13, so we do have to go do 13 <clears throat> months, right? That's more than That's 13 right. months, though, right? No. Well, if we do two a month, two a week, right? That means we're doing a whole... Yo, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Math is not Dynamo's strong suit, folks. (laughs) Math, spelling, shoot... Coop, pick up my shoes are untied. (laughs) So we are kicking off December Cram Jam in style with our boy Jakey Poo. And uh, we let Jakey pick... pick, Well, uh, I guess both of the flicks, really. We gave him a list, and uh, he picked Better Watch Out off that list because he was uh, excited to talk about that. And then Jakey came out of fucking nowhere with Wolf Warrior 2. That wasn't yes. even on our radar. But holy shit, is it now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I felt I felt obliged considering the importance and uh potential like we'll we'll talk we'll we'll get into it, but I mean there's oh, yeah. some like global implications related to this movie, like outside of the film itself. Like mm. oh, yeah. we're gonna be talking oh, yeah. Global politics, Raven Shadow. Yep. Are you ready for that? I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm fu- I want to be Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can be in the fucking role playing yeah. game, yeah, but no, I'm, no, I'm gonna. You had for to real. be fucking American. Well, I didn't know. I didn't see this fucking movie. <laughs> I, no, my, I'm gonna. I'm my characters. It. My characters. Uh, Japanese. Oh, in the game. Julian Drive is Japanese. No, that's my new character's name no. is is uh, Rama Satomi. <laughs> You, you, you took an Indonesian yeah, it, bashed him into a Japanese character? Uh, no. It, it's Kota Okada. No, it's, it's, ra- <laughs> it's B- Rama. B&B. B&B Tanahashi. No. That's, my, that's my stuffed horse name, B&B Horse. Yeah. Uh, so, no, Rama Satomi. Uh, I named him after the, uh, the uh, anime character. Ranma, not Rama. No, it's Rama. Rama one and a half? Yeah, yeah, but, but, no, it's just one and a half. <laughs> you <laughs> had an extra one. Yeah. Rama Lama Ding Dong. That's the, that's the next season. <laughs> Dali Rama? Rama, Rama, Rama. Rama, 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 Rama. Rama, 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 That has to be the most fucked up show in the history of fucked up shows. My special lady friend almost divorced me after watching three of those shows. I was in a boy what goes shows? to the water, becomes a girl. Yeah, well... 
So, I don't know. There's what a lot are you of, talking about? Uh, Rama one half. Oh, yeah. So, Rama falls into, had fallen into the pool of the curse, the drowned girl. Yeah. So, now every time he gets wet, he turns into a red-headed girl. Sold. The... One of the teenage girls has a crush on boy type Rama, and another of the teenage girls that he lives with uh, has a crush on girl type Rama. Why the fucking Knox Street's company out the box? But they're, but they're all, but they're all, you know, the sexual tension, you know, in any case. But it's weird because it's Japanese, and they don't care that the fact that they're all. Supposed to be like sixteen and seventeen and run around buck ass naked. So he's like go into one room and like like wash his face and hook up with one. No, he doesn't. And then he, go back and dry. He's not him. interested in either. Huh. And then his dad fell into the pool of the drowned panda, and now he turns into a giant kung fu fighting panda every time he gets. Yeah, wet. that's great. Why yeah. isn't any security at these pools? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, the They've dream. got a great um, Super NES game, uh, fighting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we that used was to, my introduction to it. We used to play that at the uh, at, at my old uh, comic shop all the time. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love it. The The best character in that show, uh, and anyone in the Deadites are familiar with dealing with the Deadites, will know that uh, this character, Ryoga, has a lot of traits in, uh, in common with uh, Tiny White because he always gets lost. And there's an incredible scene where he goes outside to fight Rama and goes out his back door. And instead of taking a right, he takes a left. And they show him, like, running all over Japan and then, like, China. Yeah. And then it cuts and they do some other things on the show. And then, it, like, he's on a boat and you can see the Statue of Liberty. And, like, he just gets, like, more and more lost. It's, like, the best thing. This is finally... the best episode ever. We're talking about Vampire the Masquerade. We're talking <laughs> yeah, about, Rama. like, 80s anime. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, but, but, I love this episode. Yeah, no one is going to like us anymore. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> I talk... like you guys. Talking I love about you guys. my favorite ska punk bands. Like, yeah. it's, very, oh it's very inside baseball. <sighs> That's the best. Were you familiar with the Independence Jakey? I know they're from your era of... Uh, mm-hmm. of oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Middle Ages. I love... Yeah, I love the Independence. I even love... um. A couple of Japanese ska bands, uh, notably uh, Potshot and uh, Kimuri, Kimuri, something like that. I, I listened to that shit back in the the nineties, and yeah. yeah, it was my crack. We should have we should have had you on then. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I was afraid to talk to him because he's cool and big. Yeah, <clears throat> but they put on it. They put on a killer show. Uh, so I'm very excited to see them this weekend. So are, you, are we? Are we going to bypass intros, uh, Johnny, and just go to one of these movies? Uh, uh, we'll do quick intros. There you go. <laughs> Raven Shadow. Yeah. There's no way to do Raven Shadow's intro quick. I'll let MZ do it. Tiny, Tiny, was, Tiny was saying Raven Shadow's intro now is like he left a drink on the windowsill while he was gone, and now it's just overgrown <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing. It's like huge. <laughs> Julie says uh, she's at her parents' house, and apparently they now use lavender-scented toilet paper. That's weird. All right. <laughs> I don't Treat. know that I'd want to put yeah. lavender-scented toilet paper I don't know if uh, I'll sleep when you're on the shitter. That's great. <laughs> What's lavender? Well, yeah, there? lavender toilet paper's not going to do anything if you fall asleep on the shitter. Why would lavender toilet paper Because laven- lavender is a natural uh, sleep inducer. No. Oh. Yes. Right. Is that true? That is true. It's calming. It is calming. You're thinking of poppies from the Wizard of Laws. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, calming. No, calming. Commies. Okay. You're a commie. Oh, it's true. <laughs> you got me. All right, so I guess I'll introduce everyone. I am Johnny Wolfenstein, the pencil pusher and producer of media for Trick or Treat Radio, the Deadites, and the Grand Guignol Network. 
We also have the Immortal Gunslinger. The Immortal Gunslinger. Ooh, you should do yeah, that. Yeah. The Immortal Gunslinger, singer and lyricist for the Deadites, Donna Mars. Jakey, I pooped my couch the other day. I don't know if you heard <laughs> that I, I heard. Yes. I heard. I thought you'd be proud of me. <laughs> I laughed a lot. Yeah. That was fun. Mars, didn't you have an update? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I haven't pooped anything else. And I've been <laughs> so we're at seven days for yeah, seven days. The clock, oh, that's the good. clock is on seven days. So I did accidentally eat three dinners tonight, and one of them was a pile of eggs. So. <laughs> oh, accidentally <laughs> ate three dinners. So it's like ripping Zeus. It's like a Doctor Seuss dinner. It's that no, doesn't even make any sense. It's like no holds barred ripping Zeus. Um, so uh, evil Paul, my dungeon master, to bring things full circle. See what I did there? <laughs> oh, I saw that. Uh, brought. Me to my surgery consultation today. As some of you may remember, I have have a abdominal um, infection um, that that comes from stems from some mesh in my body from a prior operation. Oh, that okay. Yeah, now it all makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. never mind. And I um, went to find out like the details of the surgery today, um, and much to my happiness, uh, they've decided that as of right now, the antibiotic regimen that I was on. Did its job, and I uh, I probably don't need to have surgery for the really? time. Good, yeah. that's awesome. Very, Good to hear. very excited. Good yeah. to hear. When, when, when you when you said that, Mars, I don't know why I was thinking about your cancer. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, okay, yeah. that, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So um, it's pretty excited. I, I had had a couple. Uh, my appendix exploded in 1990 something. I remember that. And then <laughs> the cheeseburger flew out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had. It's nice. No, keep in mind, Jakey. They're having this conversation at bedside while I'm literally like. Like one foot on fucking death and the other on a banana peel. And they're talking about cheeseburgers. Right? Like, my appendix exploded on a fucking Friday and nobody found me till Sunday. I was fucking I, the gray. cheeseburger might fly out of my butt. Yeah. But um, I and then so anyway, uh, I did the responsible thing uh, after I had that surgery. And they told me not to play music and wrestle for about uh, not to play music uh, for about six months and not to wrestle for uh a year, but I may or may not have had a ladder match with Joey Tron the day I got my staples out. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I um, uh, a few months later, uh, my operation herniated, and I had was uh, for a long time I was having problems. But right around the time I started to date my special lady friend, um, every, you know, they just finally. $16 million man me wrapped my whole inside with mesh and metals and everything else, and now I held together. Um, about four years ago, right before this cancer business started, uh, it's so crazy that this has been going on for that long. Um, I, like one day I was just hanging out with Sing Sing soon and my insides on my gut fell in and it must've looked like an old Western because I touched, <laughs> I touched my shirt, which was covered in blood, looked at my hand, touched my shirt again and looked at my hand because I couldn't figure out why. Like, I, I thought I got shot. I legitimately thought I got shot Jesus. because I couldn't fucking figure out why all of a sudden I was bleeding profusely from my abdomen. And I had this hole that at the size was about the size of a, um, uh, a half dollar or the, the inside the inside ring of like a CD. Wow, you're like the um, ring. You, you were like uh, Roy Hobbs in The Natural. <laughs> <laughs> it, so then I, um, you know... Uh, they, it, you know, it didn't heal up, and they thought that this this wound I had wasn't healing because the cancer was affecting my immune system. So I, I went a long time with this, you know, pretty small hole in my abdomen, and then when I was cancer free for a few months, I was like, "Hey, dudes, 
this thing isn't isn't fucking healing and i thought it was just a let me backtrack a tiny bit i didn't know it was a hole i thought it was just like a it looked almost like a pimple but i i never had like if you imagine looking down at your abdomen you you can't you you can see it but you can't see down and in right so i didn't know it was actually a hole until i went to the wound specialist and he stuck the wooden end of one of those swabbing Q-tips in it about an, about ah. about three inches. Ah! And I was like, he was like, "Oh, am I hurting you?" I'm like, "No, that's that's inside me somehow. It's like a fucking magic trick. <laughs> I don't feel anything." And so he now. said, "Yeah, this is this is uh, a slow yield infection, and we're going to put you on antibiotics. And then you have to have surgery to have that taken out. But as of uh. now." They don't think, unless it opens up again or caves in again, they don't think I need the surgery. So uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty excited. That's uh, great awesome news. About that, especially since we have a, a pretty cool show coming up after the first of the year that I, I just can't miss for me. So, so yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big year for the Deadites and Trick or Tree Radio, and uh, uh, I'm not going to have to miss any of it or be sidelined from it. I'll get to take part in every little bit. This year. Uh, another thing, Mars, in the chat room, Cecil says, so Mars saw Wonder Woman, right? Yes. You want to talk about it real quick? Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a five-star movie with a zero-star last 20 minutes. Like, the last That's 20 fair. minutes was a fucking dumpster fire. Like, it was terrible. But I did, like, I did enjoy what... I enjoyed all of the rest except for the early 2000s Matrix-style bullet-time shenanigans that... I understand why they did it, but I'm just not a fan. So, but I mean, I liked it fine. It's the best of those Warner Brothers movies. That's sort of like saying that, you know, no. I don't know. It was a really good. One of the times I, you know, stepped on a nail was better than another time. But this was like I missed the nails entirely. This the was, shit you took today is better than the shit <laughs> you took yesterday. yesterday. It's not true. Because <laughs> this would be like if the shit I took two days ago didn't smell and felt good coming out. Because this was this was this was a good. Wow. This was a fine movie. This so was wait, was movie. that the shit you took on the on your couch? No, that was a bad okay. time. You gotta have no. that uh, lilac. Uh, no lavender, lavender, lavender. lavender. Yeah, yeah. Toilet paper. I don't think. Go fall asleep and shit on the couch. I hope it's strong. <laughs> shit in the tub. You shit in my house. <laughs> you shit in my house. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Oily says conquest is greater than Wonder Woman. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Oily. It's not even a competition. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And Cecil says, "I'm glad you watch it, Mars, and are healthy." Yeah, thank you, Cecil. And I, uh, Chromecast Josh is hanging out, and he says Wonder Woman is still on my to watch list. It's not going to... I'll tell you the main reason that I watched it. Had it's because you to, weren't going to get gifts. No, no, no. That's not even why. <laughs> I was having dinner on Saturday morning, like uh, like brunch, Saturday morning with 12 Gage Calhoun. And he mentioned that it was one of his... That it was his favorite movie of the year. So it just happened to coincide with all of us saying, "You watch the fucking movie. Watch the fucking movie." Well, the difference is, I and trust no Twelve Gauge Calhoun's. You don't trust me? No, not with these. You had a fucking Man of Steel poster on your wall. Like all bets are off. Yeah, because Professor Jay got me a fucking awesome poster. Yeah, somebody sent me a so fucking Ledger sent me a picture of myself drawn by my favorite artist. I put that on my wall. Yes. Yeah. yeah you well, fucking slept with it. I so. who's next johnny (laughs) (laughs) all right next 
Maybe we should avoid both those guys. No! <laughs> we have the vulgar guru of horror, star blood pigs, fetus, and the upcoming morbid tales. One-time contributor for Horror Hound Magazine, Monster Zero. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> What's that? Hello, everybody. <laughs> It's like a Muppet version of MZ. <laughs> that MZ. is MZ. Yeah. <laughs> I I once came to the conclusion that MZ just fucking wandered out of the land of confusion video. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty accurate. He's actually how, many, the... <laughs> how many puppeteers does it take to move his balls? <laughs> oh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> Can you picture Five. MZ riding a dinosaur like the Ronald, well, Rambo Ronald Reagan from that video? Remember how many people it took to move Jabba the Hutt in, in uh, Revenge? Did you ever see the Macy's return, uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade when they're all trying to wrangle Spider-Man, that kind of shit? <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. We also have the chain-smoking, hand-kissing, baby-shaking, lorazepam-loving, former comic book reading nerd, the official smoke chamber for Castle Wolfenstein, the Pippa promotions, and the Italian rap scallion. And now we can add... (laughs) (laughs) Parisian brouhaha. Michael Ravenshadow. Oh, Bambaleo. (laughs) Uh, I didn't know we were going to talk about that. (laughs) Sorry. You got, you got enough nicknames there. <laughs> I, had, I, had two, I had two inside baseballs, and one of them will come in on delight. And the bus is big. Oh, Raven, fuck Raven Shadow. Yep. He does the role playing. I role play every Tuesday. That's true. Just a fun one where you fight monsters and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. El, El Gorosos confess, Mars. Uh, you saw Wonder Woman because Atlantis threatened not to send your presents. No, that's that. I mean, I would I would have saw it eventually, yeah. but I wouldn't have watched it on and s- Saturday when I could have been watching uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Forty Three. No, I'm on I'm on the space one. The, oh, you're on the fan. Oh. I thought you're on the fan films. Jason no, I, I have the face. I have the space one and the um in the Freddy versus Jason and a couple of fan films left. Uh, Chromecast Josh says, also, that's good news about your health, Mars. Glad to hear it. Thanks, buddy. Corny says, I have some Myers dryer sheets that smell like beer. So do I. (laughs) Julie (laughs) says, did you spill beer on them? (laughs) Uh, Bosch says, Monster Zoidberg in the house. (laughs) (laughs) What about Zoidberg? And Leanna says, MZ does look like a Muppet. Raven, Raven J says it took an hour to get to the intros. Well, it's like a torn up. <laughs> My name is Martha Zero, and I'm from the land of confusion. <laughs> you did get a compliment for your meat wad, even though you weren't doing meat wad last week. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, no, not Mars. you, you asshole. Oh, oh, Mars. Oh. <laughs> it is essentially meat wad. Robert Burble has a. Robert Burble has a. One of these guys, by the way, just found out I was the Yeti. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. yeah. Been going for like five years yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Robia Burble is essentially meat wad with delay. I can't do Robia Burble, like, in, in real life. It's pretty do a good job, though. Hmm? Who does fucking Robia Burble? Nobody. Me. Mars. You, that's yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. That's it. It's his one good impression. Uh, no, I have a good. Uh, Let's hear Hulk Hogan. You're going down. <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Speaking of seduction, Ooh, will, yeah, you, uh, will you uh, send a message uh, to your very sexy counterpart for me? Sure. Uh, well, well, what's the yeah, what's the message first? You ready? Get, you got a pen? 
Do I need a pen? Yeah, is he going to write a fucking there? letter and, right. and put it on her pillow? Okay. What do you, you want him to do? No, you ready? Dear okay. CDI. Oh, I thought you meant his other, his other partner. <laughs> no, I can, I can say whatever I want to her in real life. Why can't you say that to CDR? Because we're having a fight right now. I'll oh, tell okay. you why. Dear CDI. All right, dear CDR. Pumpkinhead blood wings is much better than Pumpkinhead number one. <laughs> and it's a known fact, and that's not just the type of thing that I say. Whoa, I say whoa, whoa let like him that. write. Let him write. <laughs> now he writes okay, fast. Okay, Pumpkinhead blood, blood wings is much better than... Pumpkinhead. Okay, Pumpkinhead? <laughs> Pumpkinhead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it's true, and it's not just the type of thing that I say, because that's the type of thing that I say. Jerk. That's what he said on live in the podcast. Mining, every once in a while, I'll be minding my own business. A CDR, come out nowhere. Running you a muck? Shot. Yeah, run me a muck. <laughs> run me a mouth. <laughs> All right, minding I got my own it. business. Starts running me a mouth, mouth about Pumpkinhead. <laughs> All right, so I think we need to head to a break in just a few moments because we had kind of two movies to discuss. Two. One of them, both of them could be long discussions. It's true. One, I think, will be, uh, I don't know if it'll be fights, but it'll be an interesting discussion. Interesting. And the other one will be gushing, I think. Ooh, Ooh. which one? Ooh. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good, Wolfie. Yeah, good. that's a tease right there. So oh. if you guys want to support the show, head on over to trickertureradio.com. I know it is close to the holidays you guys are doing your shopping on amazon you're gonna buy a laptop for your loved one you're gonna buy a new tv for your mom you're gonna buy help me out raven shadow what are they gonna buy Uh, smokes smokes no they're they're gonna buy a treadmill (laughs) yeah for their grandpappy yes what else uh my dad needs a new hip <laughs> Does Amazon sell hips? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> expensive. You need a hip replacement. They <laughs> went for you know, help my dad out. <laughs> He's a vet. Why don't you give him with uh, putting someone into an ice bath and removing a liver? Yes. Why don't you give him your hip? My hip? Yeah. No one wants my hip. A, it's a very skinny hip. <laughs> it's very tight. My dad's a big dude. No childbearing hips. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm fucking not. I'm sterile. I'm fertile. Not, not fertile. Whoa. What about your whoa. liver? What about your liver? No, I mean I can if it was. A, whoa, a thing. whoa. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't. I don't have a womb. <laughs> How do we know that? I don't. I don't. I tell you, I'm telling you the truth. Show, show us. It's not there. That's fucking weird. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's like if, if you know, I had to procreate, I could. <laughs> Just I'm turn your head. And you off. seem proud about that. Yeah, what well, I think you know. I mean, what if, what if I'm not like the last dude? What if you had to procreate in your uh, role-playing game? Well, well I might have to roll for that. <laughs> what if you're... <laughs> I roll for initiative. Yeah. Wait what if second. you're the only man on earth that can procreate? I, I, have, it might come down to that. Have you been snipped? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. No, I meant I didn't have a womb. I'm, I'm, All right. Like, MZ, uh, you might as well be snipped. And that's why I did. <laughs> I think I already am. <laughs> no, I ain't doing that. I ain't fucked that. Why? I'm not doing that. Why wouldn't you get snipped? I you want to have kids? No. So why wouldn't you get snipped? I don't want to get neutered. What are you talking about? They don't take your balls. Yeah, they don't yeah, take your, your balls, fucking stay. balls, you idiot. Well, no. Well, what, I might they, have just, to... they, just, they just slice open your balls and well, you cut a you... cord and they yeah. tie it back up. And they can, they can redo it if you ever want to. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, well, it, I might need to be to, I don't know, like, save the world. <laughs> save the world. Let them know it's Christmas it. time. Yeah. To make are we new... back in the role-playing thing? Yeah, <laughs> but I might have to make new people. <laughs> 
make new people. Yeah. You know what? Time, if he's the last man on earth and there's a few women lying <laughs> no. around, he's got he's to be around to procreate. Uh, I'll do it. I'll, I'll start uh, the new... That's, a, that's all we need is a world full of raven shadows <laughs> running around. <laughs> Clan Bombaleo. <laughs> yeah. <No>, raven world. <laughs> I am alcohol. <laughs> Al cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Al cool. <laughs> but it's clever and because... This, is, this it, is a little cool. No, it's clever because in Paris, there's a lot of Muslim, anti-Muslim sentiments over there. Right. So the fact that not only am I an American, but my name has Muslim ties, it makes me a whole other kind of outsider. I love when you, how when you say uh, wow. sentiments, you make it sound like fancy cake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cake that you get at the supermarket. All right. Well, the thing in. I was trying to say is if you guys are buying oh, presents. You were talking? Oh, my God. You're, you're still doing this? Yes. <laughs> if you're going to buy a new hip for your, for your dad, yeah. uh, I don't think Amazon has those. But if you do shop uh, for the holidays, please use our Amazon link. We get a cut of everything you buy. So, and it, Raven Shadow. It doesn't even cost them any extra. But it fucking helps keep the lights on. That's right. That oh, you're you're fucking good with this See, acting I, thing. Oh my god! Holy Man, shit! Yeah. You've been practicing. I bought into it. What yeah. helps keeping your lights on? Oh, fucking <laughs> Al, Al, Al cool. <laughs> you know, Tiny White had that procedure, and he's as good as new, allegedly. Well, <laughs> things have changed in the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. It, it's, um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand, though. Do you think you lose your manhood? Nah, it's just... You know, I, I still You're machismo? Be, I still want to be in the running. For what? Just in case I have to You're a retired child. father. You, could, you, you right. can re- have it reversed. Yeah, you all can have it reversed. A, it's not a covered benefit, okay? And it's all out of pocket. <laughs> um, yeah, he might be right about that. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't like flipping the switch. You know what I mean? Like, you got to, I don't know, you cut the green wire first and the blue wire. I'm not sure. <laughs> but no. I you just, have a green wire down there, it's too? Fuck, it's fucking weird. Uh, no, no, I, I want to have the option, too. I'm not gonna, <laughs> but I want to have the option. Rent with the option to buy. You're too, old, you're too old. I don't think that stuff works anymore. No, it just works. No, I mean, oh, that, man, this is the best episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but I think you're firing blanks now. true. Boss says there's a risk you can't reverse it. And Oily says, what's the big deal about getting snipped? Yeah, I don't know. I, I would do it if... Yeah, I know. Anybody wanted to have sex with me? Yeah, if you the extra, you'll get free cable. Like, <laughs> if, if I make the decision, like I mean, I, you know, I'm in my I'm in my early 40s now. I don't think I'm gonna have kids. I don't think it's in the cards. But when it's like a definite, this is definitely not happening. I'm I'm gonna look into it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I no. celebrate. Well, why don't we just start right now? <laughs> Hop up on the table. We got the knife here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a spe- very special Briss episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you laugh. We, we know two people that have got done. You laugh, but I was one's going your, through. One's your your best friend. Yeah, I was going through old episodes yeah. for the greatest hits, and there was like a like twenty minute conversation on one episode about uh, getting snipped. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. <laughs> not not about. Not oh, about that, like about uh, circumcisions. That's what it was. Yeah. It was like a 20-minute Cri- circum- kryptonite circumcision. Yeah. There wasn't even that one. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I remember. Tiny didn't like that his parents made the decision for him. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Courtney says that MZ does look like a Muppet. It's true. <laughs> MZ's Man. rocking the throat. The MZ, the MZ's rocking spoken. the throat beard. You got a throat beard? Yeah. Nice. All right, all right. So we, we talked. We talked about Amazon. You guys shop on Amazon. Use our link. Go trickortreeradio.com. and then we also have our friends over at XSplit. XSplit, make we, some noise. We didn't, we didn't. Make some noise. XSplit. 
Thank you. Jesus. You didn't do it right. This is not how we do it. Chromecast uh, Josh says, wait, does cram jam mean vasectomies? <laughs> Oh. Wow. Dial B for vasectomy. <laughs> remember, remember. And also, remember. We, al- we also haven't talked about this in a while, but if you guys, we did just mention Greatest Hits, Mars mentioned it. If you guys have not gotten the third volume of Trick or Treat Radio's Greatest Hits, it is available. Go to trickortreatradio.com, and the right-hand side near the top, you're going to see a link. Just click on the Greatest Hits, Volume 3. You're in uh, it, Jerky. Ooh, that's awesome. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty what, what? sure. Is the check in the mail? Yeah, uh, yep. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wait, maybe it didn't make it. I don't know which one. Did, was, I forget what was on Raven it. Is Raven Shadow's grooming habits, did that make it on there? I know that that I was. I don't think so. Okay, so you're on the next one. Yeah. We, oh, okay. you got his hopes I'm up. I'm sorry. I put. Yeah. I, I get oh. enough for two two at a time. Ooh. <laughs> so so I, I still listen to um, our first um, guest on your guys' episode where we talked about Ronald Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never ending about Arnold impressions and talking about Happy Meals and shit. That was, pretty good. It was the best. I still, I still go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> wow. So if you guys want to do that, also if you go to uh, trickortreatreddit.com, click on store. We get some stuff in there. You can buy some t-shirts. You can buy some stickers. You can buy some other digital content, uh, including all three volumes of The Greatest Hits and also a digital download card for The Big Scary Monster Hunts at Midnight and some other stuff. So give it a look. Help us out. And Raven Shadow. Yes. The first cram jam of the month. What the fuck do you do to prepare for this? Go for a nice trolley ride. A trolley ride? Yeah. Okay. On Sunday, when New Hope and I did a little uh, wintry activity, this fucking city of lights or some shit, the <laughs> holiday lights, some fucking thing. <laughs> All right. And do a little tour around the towns of my old hometown. Uh, well, that sounds great. <laughs> it was free. Uh, <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good old fucking Milbury. <laughs> do they do they decorate the sewage treatment plant? Yeah, there was a candle. There was a candle in the window. And there's goat. There was fucking goats. It was the one named Oreo. who's black and white. <laughs> it was nice. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> goat named Oreo. So we ride the trolley, pet the goat, watch one of the movies. Before that, I strap on. <laughs> I'm Alex West. And I'm Andrea Subasati, and we're from the Faculty of Horror podcast. And you're listening to Trick or Treat Radio. 
What's up, y'all? It's me, the Yeti. Telling all the ladies that they couldn't be more fine and that we should knock those boots like Frankenstein. <laughs> when I want to get my nerd on, I go to Facebook and I go to the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group. That's the place where I get to talk about all the hip new horror movies, all the cool comics. What comics? RPGs, video games, you name it, we're talking about shit on there. You could not be any cooler if you were the coolest kid in school. Be the first kid on your block to swing that cock over at the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search for Trick or Treat Radio, ask to join, and it's like Nerd Nevada, baby, without the shotgun blast. This is the Yeti. Signing out. See you at the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter at the Deluxe, the Deluxe.com, and TrickOrTreatRadio.com. Hello. This is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. Am I the only one dancing here? There you go. <laughs> this sounds fucking great. That's some that good dancing good. music. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. MZ, you're not even fucking dancing. I don't have to dance to enjoy the music. And you're the best dancer of all of them. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. I don't believe much in chair dancing. <laughs> so stand up. I don't want to stand up. <laughs> Truth of day. I'm tired. Truth of day, Johnny Wolfenstein. Uh, dare. I'm sorry, no. True or false is what I meant to say. Well, you almost had it. Uh, false. Uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> truth, truth of day, let me touch your boob. Uh, <laughs> I. Um, <laughs> I came up with the best Deadites video idea of all time in the chat. I, I heard yeah. dancing, yeah. Right? Yeah. And everyone knows sold you. Yeah. That's all right. They'll, they'll fucking be selling me when they have to learn those dances for that video. <laughs> That's for sure. I just keep thinking. I, I mean, I can't wait. I know there's certain people that are going to see that video and get so angry. I just can't wait. Cronkest <laughs> uh, Josh says, Oreo the holiday goat. <laughs> He's Oreo the, the holiday, holiday goat. goat. You could hang out with him on the boat. You can take a paddle with his buddy Raven Shadow, Oreo the Holiday Goat. He's my doodle cute guy. He's better than Dominic the Donkey, the uh, old Italian uh, 
Fuck Dominic the Donkey. Yeah, you don't like him? It's fucking offensive to Italians. Why? Ooh. You wonder why? Yeah. Listen, Italians get one oh, holiday. Oh, smell. Of anger. <laughs> He's uh, hot for real. Yeah, no. Their anger not, has nicotine in it. That's true. No. Italians get one holiday, and it's fucking Columbus, and he's kind of a dick. Right. All right. And then we it's get... Not a, it's not a holiday. It is a holiday. No. It's on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> it says, so is April only Fool's ju- Day. Only jabronis celebrate it. I no, celebrate it's, it. It's, it's the Italians get, and then we get one song... <laughs> Dom the fucking donkey, right? And he listens to the fucking words of the song. Italians have one song? You know, one, no, Christmas song. Could be a lot, lots of, we fucking invented songs. Yeah. Sinatra. <laughs> Dominic the donkey and Oh My Papa. Yeah. That's my jam. Um, but no, it's fucking, if you hit a song, fucking, so Santa, his fucking magic sleigh can't navigate the fucking um, cabins of Italy, right? Right. Which pisses me off because he has the gift of vertical takeoff. <laughs> so they have to get... A fucking donkey to go down there, and it's offensive to Italians. <laughs> am, am I actually listening to this shit right now? The song sucks. It's a, it reinforces certain fucking stereotypes. I don't understand how it's important, uh, offensive to Italians. It should be offensive to the Santas if we can't get this fucking job done. No, because Santa's scared to go. He probably owes someone some fucking money. <laughs> to fucking break his legs. <laughs> we got a Raven J. <laughs> What are you doing in this in this picture, Raven Shadow? I think I think that's uh, holding. Is it like if uh, the, a vasectomy when someone takes? The oh, balls. Are they taking your balls away. <laughs> but I'm not you look doing... awfully happy. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> having your balls in a jar. Are those your balls? No, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> They're MZs. Yeah, <laughs> those yeah. one fit whose in a jar. Ball, whose a balls jar. are those? Are those your, <laughs> your balls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Is that so... your blood? <laughs> That's why I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't want that. You know, I, I had a nice new shelf, but I ain't putting that on there. Nah. No, don't fuck up a It'll... short thing. I mean, uh, I mean, your balls could have been part of that dude in um, Planet Terror. No, great. no I'm, I'm keeping my balls. <laughs> okay. I just got them back. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. All right. So first <laughs> off, we're going to talk about Better Watch Out. Okay. And this flick here is uh, hit festivals, I imagine, 2016. This list is 2016. But it just hit VOD here in, uh, in the States in uh, October, early October. Mm-hmm. And it is 89 minutes, rated R. It's a horror thriller. Uh, I've, I've also seen this list as a horror comedy, but IMDb doesn't list it as such. And it is directed by Chris Peckover and written by Zach Kahn and Chris Peckover. And it stars Olivia De Jong, Levi Miller, Ed Oxenbold, Alex Mikich, Dakri Montgomery, Patrick Warburton, yes. Virginia Madsen. Yeah. Who is completely That's, unrecognizable? I recognized her. I didn't. I. I'm She's like recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think so. Why? She looks like a Virginia Madsen, you know, in her late forties, early fifties. Yeah. 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 She looks good. I thought. Yeah, she looks. Oh, she, she looks. Great. She looked great. But I, I just, it just, I, I just, it just didn't click to me. Can we see you in your forty? Oh wait, you're forty five. Just to show you how much you know, I'm forty six. There's a oh, there's yeah. a weird um, sort of relation to the visit M Night Shyamalan's movie from the other yes, year. Yes. Yes. Uh, the the brother and sister 
play like main characters in this ed oxenbold and olivia de jung yeah so it was the uh, best friend and the babysitter right oh no fuck that's yeah. why he's familiar okay yeah yeah, yeah okay okay and i i read an interview and he said it was just kind of pure purely accidental like it's a, it's a weird movie because it's like almost exclusively an australian cast outside of the parents mm. re- directed by an australian and then it's but there's like no hint of it in the movie yeah. aside from the fact that it's not cold outside <laughs> yeah i i agree I, I thought that was pretty interesting as well so this flick here uh, we went through the cast and the synopsis on a quiet suburban street a ba- babysitter must defend a 12 year old boy from intruders only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion mm. now right off the bat we actually hadn't decided how we're going to approach this one be- yes. yeah. because this is going to be a difficult one to talk about because there is a twist about 25, 30 minutes in that I think if you know going in, I think it definitely will ruin your enjoyment a little bit because if you know it's coming, it's, it probably will be a little... Yeah. Not, not, it, I just don't think you get as much enjoyment out of it. So yeah, we got to tread to protect you from it. Yeah. Like, we yeah. Gotta, my, like I saw this right when it dropped on VOD and my only... You know, I was like, oh, okay, this looks interesting. I'll watch the trailer. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I'll watch the movie. And then it, the twist, like, you know, completely blindsided me. So the movie, and to to be fair, a lot of the critics have done a really good job of masking what this movie is actually going to become, which which I would say is a big part of the viewing experience. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I would agree. So that's why it's this is going to be a difficult one. Yeah. And yeah. I, because I do think... <clears throat> to really get a lot of value out of this discussion, I think we have to kind of delve a little deeper. So maybe what we'll do is, because I like to, you know, I want to protect our listeners, and if they do want to steer clear of spoilers, we like to do the spoiler music. So I think what we'll do is let's quickly run down sort of some initial thoughts about this movie, try not to give too much away as far as the twist goes, but then we will do a spoiler section. I just don't want it to last a half hour, which it very easily could. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, I want to stay true to playing the music uh, just in case folks are used to that. I don't want people to listen, listen and hear spoilers without the music. So I think what we'll do is kind of give some impressions about the film. Maybe we can talk, we can talk a little bit about some of the topics that it, it, it tackles without really giving away details. And then we'll jump into a spoiler uh review of it we'll do kind of an abbreviated spoiler uh actually not abbreviated it'll be probably longer than most but it'll be a, abbreviated compared to the the regular review i guess so that's a great idea you're really good at this job oh you're thanks really buddy yeah so we can give some initial impressions and discuss as, as far as we can and then we'll get into a little spoiler that way uh folks out there who haven't seen this when you hear when you hear us talking over music that means that it's we're spoiling the shit out of it so just tread carefully and and uh yeah so this flick here it uh it's billed as a horror comedy and it's a first time uh feature director i think he's done some shorts actually maybe he did maybe he, he did, did a mockumentary about, yeah um, yeah like like illegal immigrants or something like that but i haven't seen it before undocumented yep That's yeah i haven't yeah. i'm not familiar with it either so uh, and then he did. A sh- he's done some short work. So this is his first, I guess, feature. You know, film that's not a, a mockumentary. So we'll stick with that, though. Feature film debut. 
And it stars a lot of uh, folks who have, since this came out, have actually found some pretty good uh, success with, uh, like, Dakri Montgomery was in Stranger Things Season 2. Uh, had kind of a, you know, br- he? breakout performance. Yeah, he was the the ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah, he oh, was really? Bo- uh, Bobby. I think his name is Bobby. The, the, the kid with the mullet. The, the kid with the long, oh, wow. long hair, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that's cool. Oh, yeah, it is him. Yeah, yeah he was Billy. In, Billy, that's it. In Stranger <laughs> Things. The kind of like tough guy with the mohawk and yeah. and yeah, and he he beat up uh, beat Billy, up Steve, right. yep. So he uh, he is also in this as a pretty pretty brief role, but he's in it. And as uh, Jakey had mentioned, it features Ed Oxenbold, who was in uh, The Visit, and he plays the uh, the friend of the main character here, Levi Miller's character, Luke. Undocumented, I think, also was a horror movie. I, I only know that from uh, the seen that thumbnail on Shudder when I was hmm. buzzing around looking for things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so so this flicks... Yeah, apparently Levi Miller was um, he was he was either like Peter Pan, or at least he was like one of the main characters yeah, yeah, he was Peter Pan. I think he was Peter, so, yeah. Okay, so there you go, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not you know, the, the an all-star cast, but I mean, these are not geeks off the street you know and it's got a good production value for what it is i mean you've got patrick warburton and virginia madsen yeah you know geeks off the street is the name of me and jakey's new sky band (laughs) (laughs) pick it up pick it up pick it up (laughs) is uh is sammy zane in the band no no he's a bad guy he hurt my feelings no (laughs) all right so this basically this flick starts out and we have uh, Olivia De Jong's character of Ashley, and she's she's uh, the babysitter. And in this, she's about to move to Pittsburgh, if I believe, if uh, if I'm not mistaken. And she has uh, like a few nights left, and she just kind of wants to go and say goodbye to this family that she's babysat and babysit Luke one more time. And you know, she has her her, her boyfriend's kind of bugging her to see her. Her uh, boyfriend is it Ricky? Yeah, Ricky. Yeah. And so she goes. Uh, babysitting and we get to see the parents Patrick Warburton and Virginia Madsen and they uh you know I th- they were on screen for maybe two minutes total but I thought that they it were was amazing though. yeah it was like, fun I would have yeah. loved to have seen a movie just like them going to that party yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had, like, no they shit had really good banter because Virginia Madsen wasn't putting up with his shit no but right. Warburton just loved his ties and, and he didn't care at all yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was admiring the babysitter's sweater Slightly creepy, <laughs> although it was. Yeah, I thought. I, there was, yeah, yeah, there was there was some slight sexual sexual uh, tension going on between the well, babysitter. I don't and think it's no, 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 no. It was one sided. Well, yeah, it's not. Well, no, well, no. I understand. That. <laughs> there was some desire, maybe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's not sexual. Kind of like no. uh, when David Carradine did that to the babysitter in um, Trick or Treat. If you ever seen that movie, I, I have. Uh, but that wasn't sexual tension either. That was fucking weird. <laughs> I just used a... All right, I used the wrong word, but you know what I mean. No, we don't. No. <laughs> of course you don't. No, you use the wrong no. word. No, no, of, course, of, course, of course you don't. Of, of course you don't. Why would you? <laughs> Go ahead, Johnny. And the, the, the kids Jesus are presented Christ. as sort of like throwbacks in the sense that we saw kids in the 80s cuss and yeah. talk about lewd shit. You know, stuff that... Yeah. Like the, the kids in this movie, they're presented as 13, 14-year-olds somewhere around there. And so they're in that little stage where they're like you know they're experimenting with talking about lewd shit and right, right. you know talking about banging chicks and the main character is yeah. sort of a 
you know, like they're not precocious characters, but no. they're definitely very naive. And he's sort of, you know, trying to um, figure out a way to score with the babysitter before she leaves, even though she's 17 and yeah. he's 13. They're, they're right. doing that thing that uh, uh, it, it's funny, too, because in a different part of the movie, ah, fuck, uh, they do <laughs> forget it. Okay. <laughs> what? Well, what I was going to say is probably spoilery. Yeah, what I was going to say has implications on the part that we're not going to talk about because things that people say. Yeah, that's what makes this hard. Yeah, Yeah. things that people say, like things that you take one way initially have different ramifications later on. What's true? I mean, I think think what what stood out when when the – what's her name? Ashley. Ashley is a character. Um, The character. Ashley shows up. Fair. Um, And the mother is kind of going over all the things that – you know, like kind of plot points. Yeah, it, it you was know, like yeah, yeah. It was yeah. kind of cool. So it's it's you know, I'm sure you're talking about the pencil, the pencil because he, he po- supposedly sleepwalked. So they put a pencil on the door. So if he sleepwalks, that the pencil comes off, and they'll know. They know if he stayed in his room all night, or if um, you know he opened the door and got out. And it definitely, you know, has has it's sort of that Chekhov's gun thing, right? Right. You kind of set yeah. something up in the first act, and hopefully get some payoff. Which is a lot of that. Chekhov's phaser. Multiple Chekhov's. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, a lot of Chekhov's going on. I mean, they there even are. talk about the um, the Home Alone thing very early on. They, yeah, they, yeah. they make mention to like yeah. the Mythbusters idea of like what happens if you really hit somebody in the face with a paint can on a swing. And yeah, that comes into play heavily later on. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we have sort of this... We, we have the babysitter and, and the kid who's clearly got a crush on her and there's sort of a plan of like you know hey he's gonna try to like get lucky with her is kind of what him and his buddy are talking about and you know of course he's you know 12 year old or whatever so and he's trying and he's trying to show how cool he is by drinking uh yeah yeah champagne and (laughs) yeah he's reading that like it's like an internet version of cosmo or something like that right right Uh, right. (laughs) he's he's like going down the bullet points of like what gets girls and shit like chicks love drunks Right, Raven Shadow. <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> so yeah, so you know the kids trying to kind of show off, and and then there's like a there's a scene when when a spider like kind of crawls up on her, you know, mm-hmm. and she gets scared, and so um, uh, what's Lucas? Lucas yeah, Luke, um, you know, comes and, and get, catches the spider, puts it out, and and then and then later on. Ashley goes back and sees that the back door is still open and she tells Luke, yeah, you didn't shut the door. And he's like, yes, I did. So, and then there's some kind of weird stuff going on when you think that, you know, maybe there's someone in the house, you know, and then there's definitely someone in the house at some point where the the friend comes back over and they hear someone in the backyard or something like that. So that they're all there sort of like trying to figure out if someone's in the house. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost kind of very cliche. So like you know, the, it's the dude and the girl watching scary movies. You know, then all of a sudden, it, it seems right, very formulaic right. as we're as we're. By watching. the way, Raven yeah, Shadow, to to clarify something that we talked about briefly, uh, this would have been a siege movie. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that watching. It w- it. Would have, yeah, it would yeah. have. <laughs> like I was all excited to be able to say that to you. And <laughs> Yeah, without spoiling anything, it just sort of turns into a movie where there's, you know, an intruder in the house, yeah, uh, so to speak, and you know, there's a 
there's a game sort of being played between them. And so it sort of turns into these vignettes of, you know, like in a lesser movie would have been a torture porn movie. And I think that's a lot of people's fears uh, going into this. But it's definitely a movie that it has a it has a really sort of like weird, you know, pivoting between like really dark and really funny kind of stuff. And it really but very hard. Yeah. But because yeah, of the very, age of very the enga- engaging. Yeah, because of the age of the characters, I mean, you can't even call this a throwback because there's nothing in the 80s or anything like that that really like plunges to the depths that this movie does because I mean, we're all dealing with, you know, 13-year-old characters and even um I I should say this before we get too involved with it, there's a a Suspiria reference in this movie that I had not caught on the first time I'd watched it. Um like one of the big things about Suspiria is that, you know, when they made it, you know, Dario Argento wanted to make a movie about 13 or 14 year old girls in a ballet school. And obviously he couldn't do that with the vicious murders and whatnot. So what he did was he made like all the doors taller, like the doorknobs were much right, taller. Right, right. Yeah. And in this movie, you know, the when the babysitter's walking around the house and dealing with everything, all of the doorknobs are like head height. Mm. And so they they reference that throughout the movie, which I thought was 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 kind of interesting and weird. I don't know if the mm. original script for this called for a babysitter that was maybe only fourteen or something like that, and they didn't do it for very obvious reasons that we might touch on in the in the thing. But uh, I, I I thought that was a uh, I don't know if that was just kind of a glib you know horror movie reference that they just threw in there, or if there was a more deliberate sort of meaning behind that well there's a lot of references in this movie to other movies i I just want to i just want to mention um and we'll talk about it in the spoilers uh there is uh one movie that i can think of in which this movie does make a reference to was it a 70s movie it might be like let me check it out let me check it out check it out (laughs) because okay if you don't know you would know if it was a 70s movie so should we just jump into spoilers? I, it, it, I was, it's on the cusp of seventies, <laughs> early eighties. I was I don't thinking know Black Christmas. No, no. Okay, though there is kind of no. A, there no. is some Black okay, Christmas stuff. There, there, all there right, is. this movie yeah. I'm thinking about is from nineteen seventy four. One so. thing that I think I can but say without spoiling, uh, there were some very in your face, very obvious cinematic references here, and I felt like they were used really brilliantly because they were like. Uh, subversing these things that we really take for granted. Like that have become like iconic because of the films that they were referencing, like uh, you know, like John Hughes movies, and um, well, I, I guess that's a John Hughes movie too. But like, uh, well, you know, like uh, like Home Alone that we we uh, referenced earlier yep. and stuff like that. Like, yep. definitely um, uh, Ferris Bueller. Um, sure. Yeah, you know, here, here's what's funny about that. I thought that too until the scene that you're thinking of kind of played out, and. I think that that was more of a reference to Psycho, actually, because there's a scene in Psycho uh, where momentarily through the whole time you're afraid of this certain character, right? You're afraid of Norman Bates, and Norman Bates at one point tries to dispose of evidence by pushing a car into like a lake, right. and the car doesn't go down. Now, even though you already know who Norman Bates is, you already know what he's all about. You, the film, the the scene is crafted so masterfully. Um, in this, to a degree, lesser so, but to a degree, 
works, you uh, you empathize with with Norman Bates for a minute because holy fuck, the car's not sinking. Like you're in just that right, one right. moment, and there's a scene that had a kind of a, a, a Ferris Bueller tone, but I think it, I think it was maybe in part that, but I think it was also. Um, I mean, he was very obviously in tune with John Hughes films, but um, I, I think in more so, it was more uh, psycho. I think they were trying to craft a scene where you sort of forgot about who, that this was the antagonist. You know what I mean? You were more in, you were more into the like, like what was happening you know what I mean, and, and how they could have got caught and whatever else. It's very similar to the scene in uh, in FB where he's like racing back to to not get right, right, yeah. yeah. You can almost yeah. hear that. Wow, right. wow. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. 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 <laughs> What's FB? The first Bueller. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, like it, it you know, like the, the like that's where I was originally, okay. but then it actually got on the I don't even know what uh, the subroof or whatever that's called. Uh, and you know, you're, you're, I, because I, uh, I think the antagonist in this film, the intruder, if you will, in this film, uh, was very reminiscent of Norman Bates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's that there. There's yeah. definitely that there. Um, uh, without, without getting the spoilers, um, it's, yeah, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> Fuck it. Play the music, Johnny. Well, we're almost we're almost kind of to the point where we can't talk about too much yeah. more. But so I yeah. mean, I'd like to talk about the production value of this. Yeah, movie. I was just that's just I was just going to say. Go okay. ahead, MZ. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I think this movie is wonderfully shot. I really dig the soundtrack and the score that's going along with this movie. It, it did that. What I love to set it kept that holiday Christmas theme going on during the opening credits. During the end credits, you know, it, yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of Silent Night, Deadly Night. It just had that. You never forgot that it was a, that it was a, you know, a holiday movie, right? Yeah. It, it just, it, but there was something about that festivity that 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 overwhelms this movie that no other uh, holiday movie, at least recently, uh, a holiday movie recently that that that's been out. That that even does it like this. There's yeah. something. There's something very specific about the way the score was and the way the soundtrack was to this movie that just made it seem separate from all the others. But with that said, too, I don't think it, it didn't like it didn't. This didn't need to be set during Christmas time. You know what I mean? It didn't. Uh, it wasn't the full. I, yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is a. I mean. I, this movie could take place at pretty much any time of the year. I mean, I think the idea of setting it on Christmas is just, uh, you know, just a little yeah. I guess just just to good, just to give it, it just to give it you it know, wasn't some more eyes. It wasn't central to the to the plot. Yeah, and by that I mean that as a compliment. Where the, sure, the whole sure. the whole like gimmick isn't like oh, there's a killer fucking turkey on, but but it's I think, killing. Or I think in a way you know, it, like, it adds <laughs> to sort of how like you think of the holidays you think of family you think of happy times and i think it almost sort of adds to sort of what they're trying to do and and how things go sort of take a left turn where it's almost like juxtaposed against that and i think it has more impact i think what it does is that it 
I think this it's smart now that I think about it a little bit some more because it's like it's during Christmas time, so all of your your emotions are kind of set back just a bit. I mean, apart from the uh, from the shopping and all, you know the chaos of doing your, Christmas shopping, but your I mean, guard is down. Yeah, and plus exactly, yeah, exactly. You're you're more relaxed. You're more relieved. So therefore, and plus everyone the can danger, relate. Everyone can relate to it exactly. Yep. And then the danger becomes that much more ferocious. And I, I yep. think it, it sells it off yep. much much better that way. So I th- I think the idea that having it as a Christmas movie uh, just amplifies the terror that's going on in this film. One last thing I can say before we get to spoiler alert is like. God bless the Australians, right? I feel like every few years since, since you know, uh, as much as I love the heyday of Australian exploitation cinema, you know, like some of that stuff was just depraved, you know, for 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 depraved sake. Um, uh, I think Jakey fell down the stairs. <laughs> what? Jakey, no, something's no. in your house. <laughs> Someone's in the house, Jakey. Someone's in the house, Jakey. You know. No, no. Just, we have a uh, a leather couch, oh. and, and my wife is uh, stirring. Stirring the sauce? Uh, are you taking? <laughs> no, are you taking a shit? No, <laughs> stirring like a like a like a mouse. Is that how the uh, the rhyme goes? Yeah, yeah. Not, not a, a creature, creature stirring, stirring, not even a mouse. Yeah. Well, my wife was the mouse. And she yeah. was well, your wife's the best, so she can stir all she wants. But I'll be a mouse. You're the best, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> but um, you know, every once in a while, like. You know, it's like, oh, you guys want to do, like, torture porn movies? Here's McTaylor. Like, you know, you, you like, and now it's kind of like there has been kind of another onslaught of these, like, uh, somebody alone or a babysitter alone or, or something in, like, a, you know, basically a house besieged. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, an Austra- you know, like, Australians come through and it's like, oh, well, this is how we're going to do it, mate. Yeah, and, it, and it just it just is like, the shrimp on the barbie <laughs> right no, shit, gonna we're gonna tie your kangaroo down sport um but yeah like uh the I, think I, took my baby. I was hoping i would just slide that ill thought insensitiveness through but thank you Jim. how's it going mark yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't have don't but uh yeah so <laughs> i don't know uh but like i i think that's really important like uh, that's something gets me really excited like when i find out that there is an australian like genre film probably going forward i'm gonna like probably just almost stereotypically have some high expectations because they seem to have a certain other level of like like they'll go there yeah yeah i agree like no one ever says you know oh you remember that australian horror movie yeah that was really boring right like nobody ever says that they always have like or at least it always seems that way there's always a a different slant or a different perspective Mm -hmm. on things that you don't typically get even Uh, ones that might be like subpar like uh Sure. Like yeah. like Rogue, you know, isn't you know, is or the other crocodile one that came out shortly. Yeah, even after. if when it's disappointing or not particularly well done, you wouldn't really say that it was boring exactly. or uninspired or Ray, you know, just bland. But you got Razorback it's, and and Wolf Creek mm-hmm. series. And, yeah. Yeah, it just just really great flicks. Even it, Razorback is a good example too, because like you think at face value Razorback is gonna be one thing and it it certainly is that. It delivers on all that thing. But there's all this other fucking Weird killer outback shit going on in it that like you you know you didn't really sign in for that. <clears throat> sure, yeah, you know, like um, good genre movies. Them in Canada, 
um, they, they, they're they usually pretty steady hands when it comes to, like, imitating America or at least just giving you a different look on, you know, subgenres and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's... It, I mean, a... you even look at, like, you know, the Devil's Candy. I think the guy who did Devil's Candy did um, The Loved Ones, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's a good pedigree there, you know, it, even outside of the 80s. It's funny, too, because they... When I say don't give a fuck, please don't think that it's, like, don't give a fuck, like... um like Lloyd Kaufman, or like the like even like in in a, you know not that this is a bad way either, but even like the Italian way. Hey, like like they don't <laughs> <laughs> they don't mistakes not, were made. Yeah, they don't they don't not give a fuck in the way that like you know everything makes it into the movie whether it worked or not. <laughs> like they don't yeah. give a fuck as in like we're going there, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just to I wanted to mention this before we start to move on is. MZ was kind of talking about some of the technical aspects, and I, I really love the way this film was shot. And I felt like all the shots were very deliberate, and it kind of sets a nice pace for the first 20, 25 minutes where we see these kind of long sort of shots. And I don't know, there's just something very, like, felt very deliberate about it. And I just, it just felt like there was just, so, like, you're kind of waiting for something. It kind of almost built this invisible tension a little bit, mm. even though they were scenes of that didn't include tension. So yeah, I, there's a lot of uh, immediacy to the like danger in the moments of the movie where the movie doesn't really try to be, you know, I, I referenced the spirit, but it doesn't always look like that. No, it's not like hyper stylized or anything like that. Right, like yeah. it's pretty well restrained across the board and it works to the movie's benefit when it needs it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, before we start to jump into spoiler stuff, is there any, anything else that we can kind of discuss here without before we get there? I think we've touched on sort of general sort of thoughts about it. Yeah, I would just say it, that, like, in terms of a movie that takes place during Christmas and some scenes take place outside the winter or outside in the wintertime, like, this movie is like the least convincing wintertime movie ever. Yeah. Like, there's not a single breath of cold air that you see in this entire movie. Yeah. Like anytime they're outside, it is really obvious that they're on a set, which I thought was funny, but like to, to, to the people listening, you know, like it's, I think this movie did itself a disservice by coming out in October initially. I agree. Because yeah, sure. everything comes out in October, you know, and it's, it's very easy to be lost in the shuffle. Should have come out now, you know, while people are in the mood for this sort of thing. But, right. like, if you want to check out a a horror sort of slasher with, like, a really, really darkly comic bend to it, give it a try. It might really rub you the wrong way. It might not. But I think it's absolutely worth checking out. So before we start to jump into spoilers, then, before the twist... What what was your opinion about this movie? I I liked it. I was really into it. Like I was really curious where it was going because it seemed yeah. like it had a mm. like a fun sense of humor to it. Like I liked where it was going. I liked that this kid was just like kind of really bad at like trying to woo this mm. woman who had like zero inch. Like he was just sort right. of like op- like he was like putting forth his a game. Right. Mm. <laughs> like she hadn't like, you know, like for obvious reasons, she had no interest right. in any of his advances and like everything was like 
you know, he w- he was just kind of a like an idiot like we were when we were that age. Like we thought that like, you know, once we started having these romantic thoughts, you know, like, oh, well, all I have to do is this and all of these things will happen because yeah. that's what movies have told me. That's what TV's told me. Right. And, and kept so it real. And so yeah. Like, like, obviously it was like kind of over the top because of the goofball friend talking about smoking weed and shit yeah. like that. Like, you know, like everything was sort of amplified, but it was, it, it, it was interesting and I was curious where it was going and I was into it. And when I had watched it for the first time, this sort of turn this movie made like really floored me and really surprised me. I had two thoughts on the first part, which is an interesting thing to say about the first 20 minutes or so of the movie. While the mom and dad were milling around and all that stuff was kind of going on, I was like, man, this is going to be like some 80s style fun. And this is going to be, for those of you who don't live around here and don't know, is that I have my friends over late Christmas night after you're done with your family to watch, to eat a lot of food that I make and watch some fucking car movies, um, you know, and it's, everybody has a good time and I, I, you know, I look for a good time movie. Then when the kind of, uh, attempted seduction, if you will, started, I got confused because I I thought you tried to seduct your guests. No, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's what happened. What what was in those drinks, Mars? Oh man. I, um, uh, you know, if I had a fucking dollar for every time I tried to do seduction, but then somebody wouldn't fucking leave, get out. But, uh, Patrick, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, uh, it's, I, it's true. I fucked Patrick last Christmas, yeah. but, um, the, <laughs> so many revelations. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Your log was flowing. It's the, it's theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was like, what's this? I was like, Improvisational? I was like, what's this kid's fucking arc going to be? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I was like really confused. I'm like, where do you go with this? You know, like, because he can't get. No satisfaction. Like, is he, is he like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how it's going to work. You know, like there's, there's only one way I could see to make it work. And that would be kind of like ham handed and after school specially. And- yeah. So, so we're watching in studio at the 31 minute mark is sort of when the twist happens. Now, to be fair, I, I, I called it to my to, to Oliver, my I, dog. I actually uh, called it to yeah. about f- ten minutes. Five minutes before it happens, yeah. which still is pretty, you know, like pretty good. Like I, I saw a lot of people where like I totally was, was like Jakey just said, floored by the by the yeah. the, the twist. And yeah. I've seen a lot of people say that and there was just a couple telltale things for me that I was like... It's suspicious. Yes. Yeah. The oh, way it fu- plays out. Play the fucking yeah. music, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're pretty much there. We're we, on have, the, we, have, we have so much... We're on the precipice. <laughs> Talking like Scott Steiner screaming at the back. Yeah. <laughs> Play the music, Johnny. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for some spoiler music? Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. All right. So now from here on out, we're not going to be able to talk about this movie <laughs> without spoilers. So I'm going to play some music in the background. And when you guys hear the music, that means we're spoiling it. So if you haven't seen this movie and you're really curious, uh, please just you know keep hitting fast forward or whatever you got to do, or pause it, go watch it, come back yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we're gonna uh, we're gonna spoil it right now, okay? Warning. Spoiler alert. Warning. 
Mrs. Voorhees is actually the king. Spoiler alert. Rosebud is actually a fucking sled. (laughs) All right, it's spoiler time now, so all bets are off. 30-minute mark. We find out the fucking 12-year-old kid orchestrated this whole thing, and his buddy was the intruder. Yep. Well, you know what what got me thinking about that was, was when his mom came in, and he said it was cool that his mom let him sleep over. So right, when he wasn't, right, but he then wasn't, he laughed. Yeah. yeah, but when he wasn't, then he was doing some shit in the fucking cupboard, or the, the bathroom. But with him not there, I'm like, okay, that's obviously, that's kind of what got me lashed on to it. Good call. I didn't even pick that up, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this whole, like, we have a good 15-minute long scene of them kind of hiding out, trying to kind of hide from, you know, from the, the, the intruder. And then they go into his bedroom, or a bedroom, I don't know if it's his, and and then they, you know, like, she sees the intruder scratch his, his shoulder when earlier she had seen, you know, that the, the kid friend. was looking for, the friend was looking for some itch cream or whatever. They, um, they do all the things that uh, the lesser versions of these, like, quote-unquote siege films do over the course of a movie you know they check the phone they try to go a certain way they try to get help but they do it all in 15 minutes which i think is yeah economical like well a real a real interesting deconstruction of that genre especially when you're about to jettison it right like you like in retrospect you almost think that they have no more siege trope films to do because they do them all from the survivor's point of view like like bam 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 like in in a you know, they, they could have done it all almost in a tracking shot, you know? Like, they do it all so uh, compressed and close together. And the fact the kid was so adamant, he's like, this has to happen. That, that was a fucking surprise. Um, yeah, I think that was <laughs> a big surprise when he slapped her in yeah. the face. Yeah. yeah. Tumbles down the stairs. I mean, that that's a pretty violent violent hit, a vi- very violent tumble. It's not like... Well, uh, my, my question to you guys is, like... This kid, you know, who obviously is staging this invasion and everything, was was he anticipating things to go pear shaped, or did he genuinely believe that he would like that she would fall for him after he protected him? You know what I mean? Well, I, was that the plan, I, or was the plan to have something happen to her and have her not know that that they did it? Well, Ga- well, well he, he had orchestrated. Garrett, he had orchestrated all this, right? Yeah, but Garrett, but I mean, was Garrett the, said Garrett said that his friend Garrett said that he had no. There was no plan to have it carry as far as it did. Well, to him, no, to him that him. he knew of. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, of course, he but didn't tell Garrett. Luke, Luke had to have known because he planned with the axe and the current boyfriend and had everything he had planned, all out. planned out. He, yeah. he, he has the stuff. Yeah. He, he got the drugs, whatever the fucking drug was. On the right. oh, you find some fucked up things on playgrounds with the whatever was. Well, I think th- I think that actually they took that out of. Uh, I, I, those, I mean, he, he uh, the friend was using the uh, oxycodone, but I think that it, that was might have been a mix that they made uh, I mean, with stuff that he found in the in the and I love bathroom because he got caught counting pills. And I love that you kind of see him deconstructing right. yeah. the scene of like taking stuff out yes. of the window and the yeah. lights and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the 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 this is 
at least the best villain of the year. This is a fucking awful, yeah. terrible, reprehensible. Yeah, I I would absolutely one hundred percent agree. Character I, in cinema is not brave enough to do that anymore. No, at least not with a 14, 12, 13 year old yeah, kid. But I mean, if, yeah. if, let's just say this was an adult. Like you just don't do that. We live in a society where one of the biggest horror icons is a fucking pedophile child killer stand-up comedian that links weak winks at you the whole fucking time like you just can't they just are too afraid to make a fucking evil villain for the most part because it's not marketable it's not safe it hurts it's uh it hurts its bottom line it's yeah and it hurts its its mass appeal and so i will say i was real i mean and yeah th- this kid he's he's smart He's articulate, amazingly smart and articulate for a kid of his age. Uh, to, to pull this off or even actually believe that you could pull this off and how well he's able to pull it off. So it, let me. It, despite the road bumps that he deals with. So I want to touch on some of the. Sort of, I guess. I guess I'm going to put my monocle on here and oh, subtext. <laughs> Jakey, this is what Johnny talks about subtext. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm with you. Like I had a big chat earlier yeah. earlier this evening with uh, El Goro over at Talk Without Rhythm about the the subtext within the film because you know we have very different stances on what this movie is about and what it's trying to say and everything. And I think the movie is uh, as is the mark of a great genre film. It is both great in its most basic genre you know sort of pleasures but it also has some deeper subtext if you want to get into it i think this movie has both it can yeah. do both and it works well independent of each well, other one thing i will say is i do think the subtext and i've said this before but i think that the conceit got a, in the way a little bit of making a really good film I, for the most part, I like this, but I th- also I think that they can. Cons- well, let me let me let me first get to the point I was about to say. So, talking about the subtext is clearly this is sort of uh, a social commentary on rape culture, and it's something that is very probably more so now than ever. Even though this movie was made, uh, uh, you know, 2016. Even now, this year, especially with what's going on and people sort of being called out for being douchebags, you know, I think this is a, a, an, an important topic. Ravenchild, I did say important. Topic. Yes, 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 you did. <laughs> and I, I think that this is basically saying that that can happen from the people you least expect it to happen from. Like a fucking 12-year-old kid who you're babysitting and you've known pretty much your whole life. Like that to me speaks about the culture of this, of that it could happen to anyone and from the person who you least expect it from. That's kind of what I got from what this movie. I don't know if he was trying to say that, but that's what I got from it. Mars, please, you're going to do this symbol, the the fucking hand signal again. <laughs> Put your hand down. What? Uh, I agree with you and marginally disagree with you. Okay. I think your take on it is right, but I think it's. Uh, you fucking snake! No, yeah. I, I think it's cobra. <laughs> I think it's a symptom. A snake missing. I think it's here. symptomatic. I think it's symptomatic of the larger thing that this is about. Um, uh, I think that this is about the 
des like the the kind of desensitive uh, the desensitizing desensitizing of the youth of the world right now. With the tr- oh, I, I, I agree. This in the twenty-four hour news cycle. Well, yeah, and uh, and the the you know the good the. You know, I often talk about the good part, but the bad part of information being able to, you know, have access to it at any time. Um, uh, y- you, you know, I used to work with a lot of young people, and they used to talk to each other in a way that, like, I couldn't fucking believe it. And they would act in a way, and sometimes they would violently act out. And I have a good friend that is a policeman that um, works at a school like this the schools in the city in Necronomicon need to have policemen in them now how fucking crazy is that and the reason that is is that these kids and we were talking about this film these kids don't know how to act anymore they they have been desensitized they've been we're breeding a generation of monsters and I think I, that I, I think that's a bit a bit excessive. <laughs> well, I don't know how, how many. <laughs> yeah, of them we're going to be okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, we are. Uh, so we're we're breeding monsters. We're breeding monsters. Yeah. It's like we're the generation that elected Donald Trump, not the kids. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You well, know, let's let's pump the brakes. Yeah. Up. Well, I, I think I think I think this kid is just a fucking bad seed, right? I mean, it. it well, so he, let, let me just finish one quick point about this. Is kind of on the whole subtext thing, but. <laughs> I think the the other thing too is, and and Mars touched on this, and and I thought he was going to go there, but it, he, he didn't quite go where I was thinking. But this is what I call this generation. I don't. I mean, I I never really called them millennials. I've always call, called it the, the the instant gratification uh, generation. Well, this is younger where people than millennials. want want it and they want it now, and that that's entitlement, 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 and it's and it's pretty much because we have everything we could possibly want at our fingertips. So I don't blame them. It's not like they shouldn't be that way. It's the way that that society is. So yeah. this kid wants something, and he wants it now. Like, well, to be and, fair, and he he kind of gets what he wants, or at least attempts to. And it's Who's it's he, honestly like, like a reflection of the larger larger idea of rape culture. You know, the idea that oh, well, you dress that way, therefore right. you should have expected it's becoming like it's right. Right. it's entitlement you know written to a larger really grotesque degree and so yeah. this kid sort of goes through these stages well you know i'm gonna be the nice guy you know i'm gonna talk about her shitty boyfriend who doesn't treat her well and i'm yep. gonna be the guy that is mature and drinks champagne and is cool but she still rebuffs me so i'm gonna save her but right. she still doesn't expect it so then i'm just going to just fucking take it i'm gonna go full crow mag i'm gonna tie her up i'm gonna tie her fucking boyfriend up and I'm going to show her why I'm dominant and why I deserve her. Right. And it, it's not even deserve why she I interpreted it was was that, you know, it's this very adolescent response to a very, you know, obviously complex human relationship. And, you know, the, the, the what we see at large is people sort of reverting to their base instincts and right. doing very ugly things. It's just in this instance we're seeing it through this cherubic right smart yeah. you know, I mean well it's that weird it's that weird argument that sociopaths and psychopaths are actually uh, logically not morally dealing with things uh, more purely because they're and this kid is a sociopath yeah because yeah, they're totally. because they're literally just feel it do it 
But they touch know. upon that more too, not to cut you off, but like they mentioned that he's a manipulator. He, he fucks with his buddy yep. all the right. time. Through dialogue, you hear that, you know, and she does a great line like, oh, remember that time you killed uh, your friend's, you know, hamster? And he makes a comment. Oh, that that's he, so smart on her too. Right. Which is, which is like, brilliant. Yeah. Like, um, I, yeah. I think this was the a. tables on, onto, onto, his, onto his friend and uh, some infighting going on, which, which ends up. Carrying right. over for the rest of the film, really. He's being Lex Luthor, and he's fucking uh, the other kids. The uh, what? What? Uh, who is the, the guy? guy? Ned Beatty. <laughs> Ned Beatty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, essentially, he wants to conquest the blonde. I mean, <laughs> what's interesting? And, and by the way, nobody nobody elected Donald Trump. He lost, uh, and if he, what he did win was from well. a different country. But uh, the the reality here that's really really I, I think really terrifying it, it makes this like like one of the scariest movies maybe not in its delivery that you watch it uh, is that uh, like when you deal with like cinematic monsters as a whole even with somebody like uh, like the Patrick Bateman character in American Psycho he's very aggressive like even when he's out in the wild he's very aggressive and you don't get a moment where he's like a fucking human being almost, you know, not as much. Like yeah, yeah. it show like they, they, they make a point with the Carolus scene and some other things to show how seamlessly not only does this monster like this monster can blend in, it uh it, 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 it it's like almost like you would never bet. You know what I mean? Like a thousand well, yeah, people would like never guess. Little Johnny is not the same guy who is singing your Christmas carols as he is like screaming about you well, know racial epithets while he plays Halo online. Right, right. and that's what I was you kind know, of getting at. Is that the same you thing. never know where it's coming from, like, right. where you least yeah. expect it. And the the what was the other point I was just going to make? I just it just completely dropped it. But um, I, oh the the other thing is too is is look at his like. This is definitely upper middle class. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he is yeah. not, oh, yeah. like, middle class. Like, I think that also speaks to sort of this whole kind of rape culture thing, too, is is we see on the news all these, you know, like, I can't, I don't even, like, even if I remembered his name, I wouldn't want to say it, but there was that, that kind of high profile one yeah. from last year where the Brock, kid, uh... Yeah, don't even say it. It's all right. Um, don't even say it, honestly. Why do we why need to promote him? Yeah. Who's promoting him? You. I'm just trying to say his name. Yeah, why? Was it doesn't the, matter. The, oh, for fuck's sake. Was it the kid sake. in California who yeah. shot Honestly. a bunch of like, co-eds and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the yeah. one who... He, he he got six months in, in prison and got out in three, three for yeah. fucking good behavior. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, meanwhile, there was, a, there was a girl who was forced into... I, I, I just yeah, never I seen that. the story. Yeah, a girl who was forced into, you know, being, like... Um, Assaulted. No, no, a, no, sex, she, a, a sex, sex worker. Yeah, she was forced into it, oh. and then she killed one of her attackers who was trying to rape her, and she's in mm. fucking prison for oh, fifty for, years. For fifty years, yeah. And this fucking douche douchebag got off in three months. So yeah. it just really speaks to our society, and that right. this this kind of upper mid class kid, you know, like he feels he can get away with anything, mm. and that's what these people think. They don't think they're going to get caught. And I think that really speaks to it. Yeah, it doesn't even cross... Like, he... Like, in his mind, he's never going to get caught. He says uh, a few times, my parents will never know. My parents will never know. Well, to be fair, uh, prisons are filled with guys who didn't think they get caught. You know, I think it, it, it... That yeah, but I'm I'm Harry, speaking about a specific like, yeah. thing. No, I understand that, but I think I think that kind of but what he has is he's a fucking you know either 
He's a sociopath. Sociopath, well. right, yeah, right. Yeah. Which crossed, you know, whatever the fuck, and he just thinks he's invincible because he can, you know, get out of bedtime and not get a ground. Well, yeah, he thinks he's, I mean, part because he's a sociopath and part because, like, you know, like, even even good kids, like, think that they know everything in there. Right. You know what I mean? It's part of, you hit every stage in your life that's like a an age plateau from, right. like, you know, like, teen to, you know, 21. Like, right. you think you've got it all fucking figured out. I thought, I thought I had it all figured out until I was 25, and I realized, you know what? I have no fucking idea. My parents but, were right. But the uh, but the bitch of it is, is that this kid, 12, 13 years old, and he had and he had it figured out. Well, not really. No, I, I think you're kind of missing the... the uh, I think you're missing the No, point. but he, he, that- he had all... No, what I'm saying is that he had all his bases covered. He knows he's never going to get caught because he is, as we, we have mentioned, that he is uh, upper middle class. Um, and I mean, I mean, if you just look at what he has set up here, what he has constructed here to achieve his goal is nothing short of amazing. It really is. It, I mean, he has everything figured out. I think you. I think you're. I, I think you're overlooking. I, I think you miss some nuances of the fact that almost a, a lot of what he did fucking failed. And he just happened to move yeah. on on to the next thing here. He's not. He's this isn't fucking Hannibal Lecter here. This is a kid that was dealing with other people that were were dumb and not expect. Like, you sure, know. there was there were a couple of speed bumps that he had to deal with, but he also had his lackey Garrett to to help bail him out of certain situations. And also, I mean, a lot of it wasn't like stupid dumb he luck that got, just happened to fall into his lap. I mean, certain things happen for a reason. He would have got fucked. If Garrett hadn't come up the stairs, and it wasn't planned for Garrett to come up the stairs, like he, like this, like he called the other boyfriend, but this guy just showed up, so he and, wasn't part of the plan. No, he wasn't part of the plan, but things. No, got, he called I mean, him. He, he called him. I thought he called the other one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he, that's right. No, he, he texted. He, he texted him. He texted Ricky with the phone. That's right. And honestly, like any of his plans, like they all sort of fell to shit. But he didn't text like, him to come game in. Of, his game of truth or dare sort of fell okay. to shit. Yeah. And, like all, whenever he just sort to embrace homicidal violence, that's the only thing he did right. right. Everything else, like he failed. Like everything he wanted her to do, she resisted and she yeah. subverted. You're, it. you're, you're missing and, the point. His plan was that she was going to fucking fall into his arms. So nothing to for this isn't amazing or brilliant or any of the weird uh, sociopath stuff that you're identifying with. Like he fucking blew it at every turn. Like that's what this movie. Like if he if, if, if he blew it, then how come he uh, at the at the very end he's still not in trouble? Well, like he. I he mean, blew he, it hold on, he, he never got her. He won. Like that was the ultimate goal. Was he didn't to get win. Her. And he, then when he didn't want to kill her, apart, dummy. Don't call me a dummy. Like, when, when everything fell apart and he wasn't able to get her, he just wanted to assert his dominance over her. Right. Like, that was his only card left to play. And then ultimately, that is what fell apart. The only thing that fell into his hands were the boys that came in, the people that he manipulated later. But, like, the one thing that he specifically wanted, he failed every step of the way. Like, if his ultimately game was to get her, control her, own her, like every single step of the way, he completely failed at. Right. Other than, you know, tying her up. And I don't think like even the first boy 
even though he called her, he called her, he called him to to send him away, to like humiliate him. Because if he was planning for that kid to bust in the fucking house, he would have had a plan for him to be in the fucking house. But the guy pushed right by him, and it was a fucking dilemma. Like I think he had him outside to say like she doesn't want you, go away. Like she, he was like the same way he didn't want Garrett to touch her. He was. Right marking his territory he was marking his property like killing him was just like an incidental thing because she did like him killing he, he planned on killing the douchebag because right. he treated her poorly right. and he you're talking about marking her and he was using yellow paint oh mm. and uh you know like he, he wanted her to he, he was this whole point that i think monster zero kind of missed is he was this was this was a bizarre courting ritual for him to a degree this whole thing like he had thought that like you're saying that this was all brilliant but it fell apart as soon as she figured it out like he didn't plan for her to figure out that Garrett was the fucking intruder like it fell apart at fucking go he had to call an audible very quickly right yeah everything she figured she basically like cock blocked him at every every point you know well, I think if 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 the end result of this was for him to actually, you know, uh, have a sexual relationship with her, this movie could have gotten this movie could have gotten dark real well, I think real that fast. That was over as soon as she found out that Garrett was the intruder. Like as soon as that happened, yeah. like it wasn't even about sex; it was just about dominance. dominance. It was just about him, you know, asserting, like being like, "Okay, you know, you're older than me. You're the older girl who obviously, you know, in his mind had a lot of sexual experience, you know, and so right. now I'm going to exert my control over you." And that's, and I mean, when you when you talk about rape, you know, when you get to the underlying psychology about it, it's not sexual; it's about controlling, right? It's right, about it's violent, right? stuff like that it, it's it's another thing that i think is interesting wolfie uh, uh you know f- touched on this in like his o- in his opening salo is that uh, you're definitely like seeing like a tumbling of entitled wealthy men who you know are are, are getting called out uh, on their bad behavior like yeah. this is a young kid who, even if this was happening right now in our world, would be too young and too crazy to think that? Well, that's not gonna that's not gonna happen to me. You know what I mean? Like that? I, like I could never? You know? Uh, I'm I'm like like no one cares about this girl. Like he he devalues everybody around him to the point that they're really just pieces. And where I think this movie fails a little when it works, it works. And I, I want to see what you guys think of this. I like the chess game. That kind of happens between them, but I feel like that's the part of the film that's not fairly, fair, uh, fully evolved. Fully realized. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? You agree? Do you think? Well, her final move is like happens like when you think the game is over, so it doesn't have that same sort of effect. Yeah, but I mean, like the yeah. flashlight scene and him yeah. talking about her talking about the hamster. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's just not enough of it, I guess. You know what I mean? There's not I enough agree. tip for that. I would that. absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. I would and agree. I think part of that is that he has to, like, she kind of, you know, is in a position where she becomes stationary, I guess. 
and he has to kind of go away to deal it, with like other people. This is going to be a really dorky uh, analogy that probably only a handful of people are going to get, and, and Mars is the only person in this room. But it's kind of like wrestling Johnny Saint, right? Like, where he's not really doing any offense. He's just reversing everything. Right. And it's almost like everything he does, she kind of reverses and right. and never, you know, she's never kind of on the offensive. Or, she, you know, she doesn't really get much of a chance to be until sort of near the end. Uh, but, but yeah, this... It's it, it's it's why I, I agree with you 110%, Wolfie. And it's why I disagree with Monster Zero's, like... Uh, view of this film of that he like you know this was some like brilliant planning and everything put together because while there are there are two kind of games here going she has no physical earnest here because she's trapped right but she's never she's always mentally winning like she's always got him in the minute she has the opportunity she's foiling his plans like the minute there's not a physical you know what I mean she's never uh you know, like physically, he has Ernest because he's primitive. He's dealing with primitive desires. That's all he has the ability to do. You know what I mean? He's not as smart as her. You know, like she's more of an adult. She's more of a realized human being. So she has a coping mechanism to get out of this. If the shoe was on the other foot, he would be a crying, bubbling mess, like yelling for his mother because he's really just at the end of the day an impotent mommy's boy. But 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 when you watch him. He's, for the most part, pretty much under control. Emotionally, uh, he's pretty much under control. I mean, there are certain scenes in which he he cracks a little bit and then he starts to worry a little bit. But then he composes himself and he he gets back onto the on on on. I do his, love his plan. I do love that scene at the end, though. When so that we're going right to the very end when they. You know, you hear the ambulance, uh, you know, one of the um, EMTs. EMTs was like, this one's still alive. And, like, you can see his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a great moment. Yeah, it's it's a really cool moment because he thinks he won, basically. Or or he's, he's Scott, you know, getting off scot-free. And then his plan kind of, go, you know, gets completely upended. And well, once again, it's because... It because- yeah, you, you believe it because the way that cinematic cinematic conventions go, that like once he does, once he sort of like off screen stabs her, and he goes straight into this sort of happy montage. Like yeah. whenever you get those sort of montages, you're like, oh, well, that's how this movie is going to end, you know. And so you buy into it. So like when that happened, I was genuinely as surprised as as he was at that moment because up until that point like like everything sort of cascaded in a way like there was a there was a sense that i had throughout the movie where like okay this kid isn't actually going to do anything that this is going to turn into something else because no way is a 13 year old going to kill people even though the paint can you know hit the kid in the face yeah was, maybe he just got knocked out i was gonna say you know, maybe he just got bloodied and it, uh, you know yeah, but then, uh, but then the I think the, it, I think the it alluded the to the lawnmower happened. Yeah, and then the shotgun happened, and then the stabbing happened, and then all of a sudden we're hit with the fucking Ramones, and like I'm like, right. once that happens, like I'm floored, like right. I'm devastated. I'm like, okay, that's what this fucking movie is. My stomach, sick. and that's what's funny. I feel like, and I and I'm certainly not going to disrespect anyone, especially not somebody who's like a, you know, like a. a, a you know who has an opinion of this or whatever else 
but like I feel like something like a disconnect between like uh, some of the people that I was talking to over the past few days and I talked to a fucking lot of people about this movie uh, and you know and, and I feel like a lot of them had a differing thing from us is that I feel like when that music happened I feel like they their impression was that you were supposed to be celebrating with with him in my fucking yeah, I was devastated. my heart sunk I was like oh my fucking god like it, it, like it was like if Star Wars ended with Princess Leia's planet exploding yeah. like like I I was just like holy fucking shit like like how is this movie going to like like I expected this movie to end with him almost how it, how it almost did with him getting like tucked in and almost like a fucking terrifying mm. stare at the the camera, the camera. <laughs> you know because yeah. like life moves pretty fast yeah because it, it fucking sucks <laughs> like it, like I was just like oh my fucking god like it worked and it, and it was even more impactful by the fact that at no point did you feel like he could possibly pull it off because with the exception of killing the douchebag boyfriend he like did, he was not fucking at the like he wasn't at the wheel as much as he thought he was. You know, yeah, so like yeah. uh, the fact that it worked, like, uh, was a fucking sub- twist in itself, in my opinion. It was a Christmas miracle. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Yeah. So you know, so like, I was fucking like, I would be a liar if I said my eyes didn't like well up because I was just so fucking. I don't know. Like, I was just, I, I was just having feelings. I guess, like the fucking. Sexual predator, sociopath's not supposed to win, right? That's not the way. Not only are we not conditioned to that in film, right? You put that fucking green and red Christmas colors in it, you know, that's definitely not how it's supposed to fucking go, right? So, like, it, almost like Monster Zero was saying earlier, like, your guard is down because it's Christmas. Your guard is down because movies have taught us that this, this go, even even something as twisted as this, this goes a certain way. You know, this girl gets her kind of final girl survivor person moment, right? And, like, you're like, oh, my fucking God. And even, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. And they left, you know, even with the paint thing, like Jakey said, and the... Um, yeah, it's not a flesh wound. Yeah, and the, and the, um, uh, the, the way the kill shot, I guess, was delivered, they left room for some doubt. You know what I mean? Like, he could have had a fucking smashed head and a smashed nose, but, you know, he could have lived. He could have been all fucked up and lived. Some dude lived one through the fucking rail spike through his fucking dome. Like, you know, yeah. movie things have happened. I mean, look at the next movie we watched. <laughs> that dude got a fucking <laughs> disease and got fucking shot. And Speaking of which, yeah, I, do, I do want to try to wrap this one up because we've, yeah. been, we've been talking about it for a while now. So. so. So is there any other spoilery type stuff that we have not mentioned that anyone wants to bring up? Nah. No. Not really. No. No, that is, it's more just like this is a a phenomenally bleak movie. Yeah. And I not anticipated that it would be well, this. I thought it yeah. was going to be, you know, oh, what if Kevin McAllister was a badass? Or what if Kevin McAllister was a psychopath but it was somehow like darker right because it kind of is is framed as home alone meets the strangers right yeah so yeah. you think it's going to be this kid and the babysitter get like you know you know kicking ass of, of the intruders 
And then I think that sucks you in and gives you something completely different. And so one thing I do want to bring up is this, this movie got very uneasy for a little while right after the twist. When, yeah. when Luke was sort of like, like when they were playing truth or dare oh, yeah. and when he touched her boob, like that, I, I was really in danger of, 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 of the, the movie almost lost me. Uh, you know, I got to be honest that it, it was getting to a point where it was a little too creepy, but yeah. then they reeled it Felt back like in, a bag of sand. but they reeled it back in <laughs> and sort of just kept, kept going with, with the kid being a, a fucking sociopath villain and didn't really go down that creepy hole too, too often. Yeah, it, it, it held back. Because he didn't know what to do. Like, that's another fucking brilliant undertone of it. Like, he wasn't a real... Like, he wasn't even a fully realized rapist. Well, and I think that that's kind of like the whole the whole thing is that... Right. You know, just speaking about, once again, about rape culture, I do think that that is... Uh, whether or not the, that the director intended that, I'm pretty sure he did, that this is definitely a, a, a commentary on that about, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe best laid plans, but at the end of the day... Like they all think they're going to get away with it, and most of them do, you know. But but nowadays things are changing. Ho- hopefully, yeah. for the better. I mean, clearly that fucking Brock dipshit didn't didn't change for him. But you know, hopefully things do change, and hopefully people think about this more. And I'm not saying this movie was created to make people think about that, but I do think that. But I do hope it's something that people are cognizant of and aware of moving forward and thinking about how impactful it is on someone's life and like once again i hate to keep keep bringing up this dipshit but that dude the the dude who the rapist uh brock they basically said the judge said he gave him six months because he didn't want to ruin his life yeah but he fucking ruined someone else's life yeah and she is going to be scarred for the rest of her fucking life because of this And apparently that's perfectly okay for some reason so we always take into account Oh well, you know what's going to happen to this guy? Like, why don't we give a shit about the victims and the women? You know, and that's sort of what I hope. And I know this movie isn't like necessarily saying that, but I hope that we as as a society can think about that. Because it, no, it, this, this movie, it's this movie is a very it's it's a very important message. It's, it, I mean, oh, you hear that Raven Shadow? I did, I did. It's <laughs> looking, looking. You know, when you watch it now, you know it's. It, it wasn't happening at the time, you know. All all these, all these things coming out that we have out here now, and now, you know, this movie kind of like foretold. Well, not foretold. Uh, not foretold, not I don't mean foretold, but I mean um, it, it's it's a very important movie in the time that we're living in right now, and it just happened to be made now. Trick right. or treat, baby. I wonder if people would say you're a trick or a treat. All right, verdict time. We had uh, done enough spoiler. We had to end it. So uh, this is the time where we're going to tell you whether this flick was a trick or a treat and any final thoughts we may have. Uh, Why don't we kick it off with Mars Man? Uh, I thought this was a treat. I think that this is... uh, I think we need more villains like this. I think think even in movies that are more fun, I think we need more villains like this because I I think that we... uh, as a cinematic culture are, are part of not uh, 
you know, of, of, of again, to use a pro wrestling term, uh, 50-50 booking. You know, you don't want your villains or your good guys to be any less marketable or any less likable. Um, and I think that, you know, we need, I, I think you need more movies where uh, the, the, you know, it doesn't have to be political. It, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, either about race or anything like that. Like, we need to go back to, like, kind of fucking, you know, evil, evil bad guys. And, 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 and well, we had evil the, on the show earlier. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, 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 ha- and have, you know, get their comeuppance. But what made this film so subversive and so powerful and from a cinematic point of view, not a political point of view, and not a social point of view, so important is that you didn't get your cinematic uh, cliches. You didn't get your cinematic uh, satisfaction. And I think that, you know, it leaves you with even even with the allusions to like a Halloween two style sequel, um, it it leaves you (laughs) uncomfortable. And sorry, guys, but like when I grew up, I come across horror movies that made me feel like I shouldn't be fucking watching this. And that's what they are like. So am I going to watch this with all my friends? No, uh, I might not ever watch this again. It might have it might have impacted me to the point where this may never come on again. Uh, but I think that this is a great film. Uh, I think that it does have its flaws. It's not a perfect movie. It's not a five star movie. Uh, but I think that it uh, it does in the same way that say Get Out does. Um, you know, it, it it it's its overall impact and overall point. Uh, far outweigh the cinematic mistakes of maybe a younger or more inexperienced filmmaker. Um, you know, the, the the ideas outweigh the, the, the delivery, I think. And uh, this is definitely a treat. All right, MZ. You know, I think the uh, one thing we didn't touch upon was the uh, the performances by everybody involved here, and I yeah, thought yeah. I thought everybody yeah. in here was absolutely uh, stellar. Olivia De- De Jong, or De Jong or De Jong, yeah. she... I thought she had she had to cover a lot of ground yes. in this, yeah. and I think I think she did a really good job. Yeah. And also, uh, uh, the character who played the character of Luke, you know, I think I think he did a phenomenal job. Um, was the actor's name uh, Levi Miller? Mm. I think he did a, a, a really good job of going from like zero to sixty. You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, his transition was really really good. Yeah, he, uh, he reminds me of. Uh, I see him becoming like another Freddie Highmore uh, actor. Yes. You know, I, I, there's something about him that I can just tell on that. Um, I just love the pacing of this film. I thought everything about this movie clicked uh, from, from the performances to the production to ju- and just about everything else in between. Uh, I, I, this, this movie is an, a very uncomfortable movie to watch at times. Not so much uncomfortable as, say, like a movie like um, The Girl Next Door. This would be a pretty... But this would make it pr- for a pretty seedy double feature. Um, and uh, it's good to ha- and uh, to have uh, an evil character like this. Yeah, I, I agree with Dynamo. I, th- I think it's about time that we had somebody who has so much... Who is so hated. You just, you just hate this character. But... Um, I, I, I think this this movie is fantastic. I think it's one of the year's best. This is a definite treat. 
Rave Chatter. Um, I was surprised that I liked it. I'm surprised you watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, good. it's been a while, you know. It's been. I mean, I mean, we we, we literally have a fucking three hour discussion about the next fucking movie. I enjoyed a fine treat. All right, Jake Poo. Treat. Loved it. Um, it was, the first time I watched it, it was like my initial impression was that maybe it was a little too dark for me. It was a little too nihilistic. But uh, on a on another rewatch, I sort of appreciated some of the layers going on. I had a. It's definitely not. You know, it's not like your Krampus. It's not your uh, rare exports or your. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Nights, it's not the sort of thing that you just throw on because you're in the mood for some Christmas horror because it's a little too dark and yeah. a little too heavy for that. <laughs> Definitely. But, um, yeah, and even if this, like, we covered a lot of ground, you know, in our review of it, and I think that just speaks to, you know, I, I normally don't subscribe to the idea that, well, as long as you're talking about it, then it's a worthwhile movie. Normally I don't subscribe to that, but I think... The fact that we could have talked about this movie for three hours straight, yeah, um, speaks to like the the level of you know depth that this movie offers. Whether you think that it's worthwhile or not, like there's a lot to talk about with this movie. There's a lot to for sure, yeah. There's a lot to uh, digest, and so I would, I would definitely encourage people to check this out in the uh, holiday season. So it's a treat. <laughs> All right, and for me, I'm also so I, I I kind of brought up earlier that I think the conceit of of this of sort of subverting expectations and sort of tackling you know some of these social issues sometimes when that's done it, it can be it can be at at the detriment of of a film and I think that this kind of towed that line for me a little bit it it really kind of towed that line of, of really trying a little too hard. But at the end of the day, I think it was more successful than not. And I agree that this is, uh, it, it can be uncomfortable. And even if some people are offended by this or don't like some of the content, it, it's bringing up a point of conversation that should be talked about. So no matter which end of that you fall on, I think it's I think it's good that it's at least bringing it to the surface and hopefully starting conversations about it and you know and saying well this is this right is this wrong you know I think anything that can get you talking about a, a tough subject is is a good thing and that's something that needs to be done in this day and age and I think that because of that this movie is successful Dis, you know despite like I said me having some some slight issues with with you know, with um, thinking, you know, just just feeling like the conceit sort of took a front seat over over. You know, it's a matter of degrees more than just the essential premise. It's yeah. like whether it goes too far or, right. or not is really the issue. Yeah, and it is it is it can be uncomfortable at times, but I think at the end that that it pulls it all together and and it's a solid film. And I think it's one like I said, I think people should be seeing it. And, uh, you know, be curious to see where they fall on what, kind of which side of the spectrum they fall on. So uh, it is uh, it'll be a treat for me as well. So there you have it. Our review of Better Watch Out. And next up, we are going to talk about another flick. But I think we should take a quick break. Kind of like, you know, let things kind of like 
Let's take a deep breath, kind of decompress. Oh, <laughs> Jakey's got to pee. Oh, take us with you, man. <laughs> uh, take us no, with I'm, you. I'm good by myself. Yeah, go live. Okay. <laughs> go live. Yeah, Facebook Live that shit. All right. Literally. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna take we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna be talking about Wolf Warrior Dose. We'll be back in just a moment. The following message is a paid advertisement for the Cult of Muscle podcast. The Cult of Muscle. You're either in it or you're dead. It's the dawning of a new age. The halls of Valhalla have been shuttered. The heroes of yore have either retreated to the shadows or taken to capering for the amusement of the small folk. Their past glory is a distant memory. The barbells have been torn from their once puma-strong grips. The beards shone from their square jaws, only to be transplanted onto flannel-clad, puny weaklings with fingers barely powerful enough to strum a ukulele. The time has come, my brothers, to restore order from the chaos. No longer will our heroes be forgotten. No longer will their great deeds be viewed through a foggy lens of irony. Hear now our rallying cry as we scream it from the mountaintops, as we bellow it from iTunes and Libsyn and Facebook. It's time to join the cult, my brothers. So don your cloaks and enter the cult of muscle. I'm Mike Allred. For the gizziest listening experience, you got to check out Trick or Treat Radio. Oh, delicious nerds. Ms. M knows you like to chat it up with other sexy shut-ins about comics, movies, video games, and your favorite TV shows. If that sounds like you, cuddle up to the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group, or the FIB. That stands for Fan Interaction Board. Just go to Facebook and search for Trick or Treat Radio and have more fun than a Jedi at a lightsaber sale. Not enough? Watch us on YouTube, the Deadites TV, all one word. Last but not least, check out the world's most dangerous talk radio show, Trick or Treat Radio, at trickortreatradio.com. Back at Trick or Treat Radio. Yay. Quick little break there. And is Jakey Poo there still there? Oh, I'm there. Hey. <laughs> oh, he's he's close. He's he's almost there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're trying we actually don't have our second movie picked out yet because we originally were gonna have we had a guest scheduled for next week, but unfortunately that guest had to cancel Aww. because he's got some other stuff going on. Some you know, some important stuff. So uh, so, we don't know if we have a guest yet. We're going to try to work on someone, and then we may let them pick the second film. But, we do have the first film picked out, 
And next week, we are going to re- review or discuss. I don't like using review because we don't re- review movies. We discuss them. And we're going to discuss the latest film from Darren Aronofsky, Mother. Oh. This movie's going to piss me off. I know it. I'm already. <laughs> it will. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. I love Darren Aronofsky. Oh, and that mother! He's fifty-fifty. I don't know why I didn't that, that mother. No, no, no! It it, it just didn't cl- it just didn't click on me. Okay, no, no, no! I'm I'm gearing up for that one. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to discuss mother next week, and uh, we'll pair it up with something else, and we may have a guest. We'll, we'll we'll find out if that if we can put it all together. But uh, as soon as we find out what the second movie is, we'll try to let you guys know in case you want to play along at home. CDI pick up. <laughs> he doesn't like us. He doesn't want to hang out with me at all anymore. We used to be bros. We used to we used to we used to do cyber fucking Wait. spooning. Whoa, he does have a job now. So do I. I yeah, work like four a days a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four he, days a month. It's <laughs> fucking busy. So that's what's up for next week. And now we are going to talk about Wolf Warrior Two. Don't want to dream no more. <laughs> now, Jakey, before we dive into this flick here and start talking about it, do you want to let folks know why you decided to choose this movie? Yeah. Um, well, first off, uh, full disclosure, the uh, proposed initial one was um, The Villainous, which is a really interesting uh, Korean movie that had come out this year, and I'd heard good things about it. I'd heard some middling things about it, but I... My my gut was telling me that Wolf Warrior Two was going to make for a better conversation because I knew that it was more you know concentrated as a balls to wall action movie, which yeah. you know I, I had heard some there were some like issues with pacing and you know too much of a reliance on melodrama and stuff like that and the villainous. So I, I figured that would be a good point, but also because that. Like we're looking at a major sea change in how movies are made, how movies are marketed on a global level, and you know, twenty maybe even ten years from now, we're going to look back to a movie like Wolf Warrior Two as being the catalyst towards pushing that. Because, yep, if I may indulge you for a moment in terms of you know box office numbers and stuff like that. Wolf Warrior 2, it's a sequel to uh, a film that came out in 2015 by a guy who was initially heralded as, like, the next heir apparent to, like, a Jackie Chan or a Jet Li type figure right. in Hong Kong cinema. He had initially been featured in uh, SPL or Shapo Lang or uh, – I for- forget what the initial title was, but he played a bad guy in it. But he had released a couple movies after that that were middling, that didn't connect to audiences – so he had languished for a while, and then he came out with uh, the initial Wolf Warrior, which had made a, you know, a good profit in China. You know, it wasn't particularly notable. It had Scott Adkins in it. I believe you can still watch it on Netflix, but it was successful enough to make a sequel. And then the sequel, like, just completely blew up. Blew up to the tune of, well, let me put it this way: the most successful domestic feature here in America was $504 million, and that was Beauty and the Beast. Is that this year, or? Yeah, okay, yeah. In 2017, just in terms of domestic gross, domestic gross in China, the number one movie was Wolf Warrior 2, and that movie made $870 million. Yeah, just in China. Wow. Just in China. Like, it 
like its global gross is like 872 so it's only like a little bit more it is the highest grossing movie in China and one of the highest grossing movies in the world and of all time. Yeah, really? like even if you look at 2017, like, okay, what was the domestic gross? Like Beauty and the Beast was the highest domestic gross here in America. That was 504. Wolf Warrior 2 beat it by almost 400 million. That's Just outrageous. Like you look at a movie late that came out uh, in October called Geostorm. And all yes. it had was Daniel Wu in it. It just looked like a really cheesy, <laughs> yeah. dumb, you know, uh, Independence Day, Roland Emmer, uh, Emmerich-esque movie. That made $33 million here in the U.S. In China, that made $65 million, And that pretty much just made its production budget back. So, like, you can even see it now. Like, all of these movies are including random people like Fan Bingbing. Or Daniel Wu, or you know your uh, China pop star du jour. All of these movies are including them specifically to court the Chinese market. Like Fate of the Furious, that only made two hundred twenty-five million here. Total, that movie made like one point two billion dollars. Jesus Christ! And four hundred million of that comes from China alone. Right. Resident Evil. Which only made twenty six million here, it made one hundred and sixty million dollars in yeah. China. And like this is a major sea change in how movies are made and marketed and targeted. And if any one particular movie is referenced from here on out, it's going to be the movie we're talking about now, which is fucking hysterical. Right. As we'll yeah. And one of the other things that that I wanted to bring up is in China they have kind of like a blackout period in the summer, right? Where yeah. no, uh, like only Chinese movies can be played in theaters, I believe. And, and they don't play any, any, any uh, international films. Really? So this happened to come out at that time, which mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it would have For done specific great. Reasons, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, yeah. lots of movies do and don't make that money. Right, right, right. And that's, I mean, clearly from based on what Jakey said, no other yeah, movie. Korea has a, has a, has a uh, quota as well. Um, and it doesn't always, you know, facilitate in such like extravagant um, successes as Wolf Warrior Two. I mean, like it's like we're living in a reality right now where like Rambo Two is like a harbinger <laughs> of yeah. like a geopolitical shift. Yeah, yeah. Because right. that's essentially what this movie. This is a silly, stupid fucking movie. Right. But it has. Don't tell it to Raven Shadow. <laughs> like. Uh, uh, just to go back to the box office stuff super quick, it's why I was surprised at the news that the Universal Monster, Dark Universal, whatever it was called, was like canceled because though that yeah. fucking bl- bombed here, that movie fucking moved some units in China. So I, I was. Well, that's the funny thing. Like the the big sea change here is that you know actors don't push movies properties do you know like you know uh star wars and comic books and stuff like that but internationally you know for whatever reason tom cruise is still a huge fucking deal vin diesel he's still a huge huge fucking deal uh but like i i think a lot of people here you know they're they're more trepidatious about that they're they're not as like you know if if they don't pull stateside, they're not as confident that it's going to necessarily replicate on the global scale. Right. Well, look at the yeah. Fast and Furious. Like, 
name a film franchise where one of the leads. I mean, granted, that's a bigger ensemble thing, but like, you know, imagine if like the the newest Lethal Weapon had come out and it was like <laughs> missing one of those guys. You know, like somebody in Fast and Furious died. You know, and it's it didn't miss, it didn't miss a fucking beat. Right, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the first guy. Yeah, the first, yeah. the first furious one. Right, <laughs> the, the the guy who was angry first. So, yeah. so before we dive into this, let me just quickly read through the uh, the stats here. Uh, Wolf Warrior Two is two hours six minutes action drama war film from China, as uh, Jakey had mentioned, and it just got its release in 2017 in the the summer of 2017 in China, and it's still it, it, you. It's still not quite available. Either. It's on VOD on Tuesday. Yes. Once this movie co- once this episode drops, it will be available to rent on Tuesday. Yep. And uh, interesting enough is uh, Wellgo USA had put out both of the movies that we reviewed this week. Really? Two oh, very different huh. movies. <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> yeah. So this film is, and one thing I want to talk about is, so you had, you had mentioned Wu Jing, and he yes. directs this film. He had a part in writing this film. And he fucking stars in this film. Right. I, I have... Yep, that's yeah, that's him. He's, I, the, he's, the, he's the director? Yeah, he's the yeah. director. Get the fuck out of here. I have no idea how <laughs> you can do these intensive action sequences and direct this fucking movie. That I, I will never understand. He was the fucking best boy. <laughs> he <laughs> <Graf> <laughs> services. Yeah. yeah, he was getting everybody Gatorade. Yeah. So... So the film stars, uh, as I mentioned, Wu Jing as, as Leng Feng, the star. Uh, also features Frank Grillo, or Frankie Grills, as Jakey knows him by. Yeah, Frank Grills. Uh, also has uh, Selena Jade, who uh, did a turn on the Arrow series as Shadow. Did you see the first season of uh, Arrow, Raven Shadow? Um, I watched, uh, I, the, I stopped at the Huntress uh, well, two-part, yeah, the first one. You would have seen uh, her then. Okay. Yeah. She, she was uh, on the island with, uh, with Oliver Queen. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's got uh, Wu Gang, Zhang Hans. Ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta talk about your boy from uh, the WWE. Wu Gang! Yeah, it's got it, Oleg Prudius, who otherwise known as Vladimir Kozlov from the Double Double E, and uh, Heidi Moneymaker, yep. who I think that's, a- that's the girl that Mars uh, liked. Yeah. One of, the, one of the big things that sort of. Uh, sh- caused a big shift because like i mentioned earlier wolf warrior was initially like it was a success but it wasn't like a you know it wasn't a, like a an earth moving success like the earlier one and so wu jing had actually made friends with the russo brothers really? they of civil war and captain america winter soldier fame yeah. who had set up shop in china and he had sort of you know uh developed a relationship with them and brought them in and sort of adopted this sort of more Hollywood type approach towards action movies, which is a pretty interesting turn of events when you look back at like the yeah. Matrix movies and shit like shit like that. Like it's a complete inversion in terms of the relationship that we normally have. Like they said, okay, America, tell us how to make action movies. So they brought in Heidi Moneymaker, who is a big part of their crew. You know, Oleg Proteus, who may or may not be. And you know, obviously Frank Grillo, who played um, Crossbones. Crossbones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And, he, and oh, they brought that bear? whole crew in, and they said, no, "Okay, Crossbones was let, Frank Grillo." No, no, in, in, in Frank Grillo, and this was the bear one. 
No, you know, that Vladimir Frank Grillo was oh. Big Daddy. He was like oh, the, the, the the main the guy. Main, yeah. Oh yes, Bear, yes, Bear was the yes, big dude. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So let me just read this. Uh, Raven Shadow texted me last night <laughs> at nine fifty six p.m. He says, "Yo, five minutes and fifty seven seconds mi- into this flick, yo, Jakey picked this, my dude." <laughs> well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> Six minutes in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so my the, dude. During the fucking Aquaman fucking scene where he fucking dove into water, didn't even give a fuck. Sold. <laughs> the movie is essentially like it's it's like if Rambo never had its grounded inch like uh, first film. Right. Like it's almost like if Rambo started out as Rambo two because right. the first movie is just. You know, it's all bombastic, nationalistic stuff about good guys doing good stuff and, you know, all being about China and being super, like, proud and patriotic and whatnot. But it's a largely anonymous, unmemorable film, even for people who love Scott Atkins and whatnot. But this movie, it's like they took that and they added a ton of money to it and they just went yeah. fucking balls to the wall. So, Jakey, I just, uh, I'm just curious. We were watching it in, in the studio and they're bringing, um, they're bringing the soldier home. Um, do we see that soldier in the first movie? Bringing the soldier yeah, home. Yeah, so they're bringing the ashes uh, to, to his family. No, they, they reference it, but like that character, it's almost like a throwaway like moment. Like It doesn't feel that important because it's just like, oh, this is the token veteran character that dies. Um, like It's not even played off like a super important thing in the first movie. It's just like a rote you know, part of the, the narrative process. Like, yeah. everything in this movie that references the old stuff, like his wife and shit like that, like, it's all throwaway shit. Like, oh, like okay. I was I was honest when I said that you don't have to watch the first movie when it comes to this. Like, there is... Like, this movie gives you everything you need to know. Okay. Like, you could have pretended that this was a first movie that had, like, a really convoluted backstory. Okay. Yeah, like it's it's not important at all. Gotcha. Like you want, like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be dismissive of the first movie, but it's definitely a movie that like you really don't like. It's just kind of a beast unto its own, right. and it and it wants to be that way because it gives you all those fucking flashbacks right. and everything. And one other thing about this film, and we can start diving into it in just a moment, is that each. Each country submits a film to the Academy uh, for nomination yeah. for for uh, best foreign film. So the Academy Awards, China submitted this as the best film <laughs> for the Academy Awards. So then the Academy has to you know basically like pare it down to a few. Uh, I, I have a feeling this probably won't be on the final list. It's like Italy submitting a Django sequel, right? Right to being the best film of the year, <laughs> right? You know, along with like you know German expressionism or yeah. something like that. Oh yeah, it's it's silly, it's silly, but like like that's this is their crown jewel. Like you know, you look at the funny thing about this movie is that it is not doing anything that we haven't already done before. Right, no. right. In it's terms kind of, of tone yeah. deaf global politi- political sort of consciousness or like manipulation or exploitation, it is doing nothing that we haven't done before but it's doing it now in 2017 it's got a few clever beats like that i feel like they use they they front load it with but not Mm -hmm. 
you know, like like it definitely falls into line by, you know, by the time he's on his mission, say. Yeah, and honestly, like the first movie, it's it's relatively low budget. It's not particularly interesting, but like the first five minutes of this movie, when you get the underwater thing, like as silly, like the underwater fight scene is fucking silly. It's stupid and, yeah, as and shit. it's fucking amazing. Yeah, but yeah. it's amazingly yeah. well done. Right. Yeah. It's so well done. Like even the moment when he dives into the water off the boat, I was fucking yeah. in. Yeah. Because, like, just the way the camera, like, yeah. the camera followed him into the so water. Fluid. It's it, mm. exactly that's the perfect word for it. It right. just felt so fluid and everything under the underwater. Like, they even show in the credits, they show some of the kind of bloopers and some yeah. of the hi- highlights. And, like, to me, I, I'm sure I, I could obviously the film wasn't shot that way, but that felt like one continuous shot. Right. The way that it felt, it felt like the action was so organic and, and natural. That it felt like one just uncut shot. Now, obviously, you can't do that when you have someone underwater like that. But, you know, that was all legit. Like, they had someone with a fucking breather ready to give him air in between cuts, you know? So, 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 so kudos to the editor of this film, too. Just just on that sequence alone is, is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's not too different than what they did with uh, the first Kingsman movie and yeah. sort of digital edits during the, the church fight scene. Like, right. there's digital trickery to make it look like, you know, one big shot. But at the end of the day, if it feels like it, yeah. like, that's all you need to know. And it's like, who cares if they're moving in slow motion? Right, right. Like, it's fun. It's stupid. But it's fun. The 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 best usage, in my opinion, and maybe because it's the most subtle of, of this sort of like neat digital editing, is um, the cab scene in I Saw the Devil. Where, oh where, yeah, it's you know, incredible. Where, oh, where, that's a right. good point. Yeah, yeah, where it looks like some sort of magic fucking camera that is somehow able to move, <laughs> you know, in more real estate than exists in a, um, uh, in a in a cab. Can I say something like really uh, audaciously positive? Oh. Real quick, before you do that, let me just read the synopsis and then we'll die. Okay. Uh, the synopsis, China's deadliest special forces operative settles into a quiet life on the sea. When sadistic mercenaries begin targeting nearby civilians, he must leave his newfound peace behind and return to his duties as a soldier and protector. It's slightly he's, uh, off a little bit. He's, really... he's, he's picking his quiet life in Africa, of all places. Right, on, on right. The whole place is completely ripped apart by civil wars right. yeah. and international strife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like but Frank like, Drebin. Uh, That's why I moved to Beirut, so I can get some peace. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but there's the fucking plague, and he's wearing a bullet around his neck to quest to find who killed his wife. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The idea is that he's got this like once in a lifetime bullet, and he's trying to track it down, and it puts him in Africa. And shit. The point is, this is not a narrative movie. No, no. It's 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 a completely like throwback in the purest sense of the word, nonsense, over the top spectacle film. I just fucking love this character. He, he reminded me of like an Asian Nightwing. That's how <laughs> I picture like like Grayson being. Like See, it's, on a boat, killing pirates, <laughs> and then drinking and having friends, and just Grace like just killing people. No, well, not killing people, but like he just had that. <laughs> yeah, very like I don't know. He reminded me of, of of kind of Grayson a little bit. Made me smile. I um, there are two types of movies I love, and Jakey and, and Wolfie know for sure. Like, and I always fantasize like why can't like one of these have like a renaissance because it's so simple, and I, and I want I want it to come back. 
And meanwhile, while I was complaining about there not being like a slasher movie renaissance, sneakily over the course, pretty much you can mark it by the the start of of our two shows, I think, um, uh, this incredible action movie renaissance has happened. Yeah. And it's fucking amazing. Like it's 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 you can't keep up with it, and it's tough with the direct the way these movies generally hit the United States to fucking um, get cut through the crap, if you will. Um, in the same way, it was probably hard in the heyday of the slashers to to cut through the crap. You know, it's like, happening in a different way because the heyday of action movies was all big budget. Big budget. Whereas now, like it's spread across big budget to lower budget to foreign to micro budget like we're getting like the whole spectrum so it's not feeling like we're just getting onslaughted in the um you know in the in the multiplexes but it's it's happening i mean not so much in in civil war which uh me and jakey held hands and watched together in the cinema but like uh in winter soldier like that was an 80s action movie disguised as a superhero movie yep you know like and uh like you know, so the Russo brothers are fucking as excited as I as as much as Jakey, for instance, and I disagree on the something like Infinity War. Like I'm sure, yeah. excited about it. Like I really want the Russo brothers to fucking wrap all this up and and start making not these movies. Like I, I want to see what they do, <laughs> what they do next, because I think they're going to be the ones that you know, maybe discover the next big action star and, like, put it in a multiplex. But, like, for right now, you have Evans and the Mo brothers. And now, you know, they're obviously China's going to throw a gazillion dollars at this guy to make something else again. You know, like... Warrior 3. We saw in the fucking credits. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, at the very end. What? Yeah, there's, like, a mid You didn't watch the credits? You Uh, didn't watch the credits? You didn't watch the credits? Holy shit, I didn't fucking see who the gaffer was. No, no, but, no, but you also no, didn't no, see no, the no, next no. movie gets it. Yeah, I, that's I, actually literally like like less than a minute into the credits too. It's not like I must have been looking at something else. Yeah, it must have been. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, you didn't I, see I the watched... dog sled. Dog sled? Nope. No. Yeah, he... he's just hanging out in the Arctic with his dogs, and yeah. he gets a call, and he's like, "Oh, okay, my girlfriend's not dead. Okay, I'm going to be an oh, action no, in the next movie." Yeah, yeah. Well, I suggest that you take a look. at <gasps> Oh, you suggest I should do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all. Why don't you, why don't you that. improvise that? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you watch it in the theater of your mind? Yeah. Right. Theater. Uh, yeah, with this movie, there's not nearly as much of a. Uh, we don't hold the spoilers nearly as precious. Because, no. like, at the end of the day, like when you're dealing with Chinese censors, like the good guys have to save the day. Yep. Like, you know, bad guys have to lose. Shit like that. Right. So you, you know how things are going to play. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That, and Frank Grillo is what I was asking for, too. Like he, someone like, who, like someone what who a smokes f- a cigar for half the movie? What a fucking, <laughs> what a fucking douche. They were great villains in like, this. Like, I almost feel like the fight in this between them. Like, and I think part of it. All right, so here's now that I've said a good thing about the whole Renaissance in action. Like, this movie was too long. Yes. Like oh way too long. like way uh, and I don't know if even something that was superior to this in every way like headshot could have been this long. This this literally had some action sequences that were twenty to thirty minutes long. Yeah. Right, oh I, my it, God. Did, it didn't bother me at all. It didn't bother I, me. I, I was. 
completely engaged. And those were fine. The action sequences were fine. But action we, sequences, chase we sequences. We didn't need to. Yeah, had a good. Uh, it had a very good, uh, neat, neat car a co- chase. A couple. Yeah. 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 Had a fucking tank duel. Yeah. But yeah, what? Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, multiple tanks. But what yeah. we didn't need, and and maybe they needed it in China. What we didn't need is like. How many fucking assembly scenes were we gonna have after after they got to this factory? Like I was just like, yeah. will you just fucking yeah. throw them out or not? You know, like yeah, and and I it, it, like the disease that went fucking nowhere. Yeah, so like, yeah. yeah, that's the one thing like I'll say about like you know this 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 movie is supposed to like its '80s predecessors, namely the Rambo sequels. Those Rainbow movies knew how to wrap shit up. Yeah, they were like, economical. This movie was like, you know, you don't need to be too fucking ass. We don't care about the, you know, the the African mother. We don't care about the asshole, like, Chinese dude who's yeah, being sniveling yeah. and holding on to briefcases of fucking money. Like, let's 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 wrap this shit up. Oh, let's, we got... We got our playing with the boys scene oh, yeah, yeah, on the sexy. beach. Wait, is there, is there nothing this guy can do? He's. Fu- I want to be this fucking guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Talking about Wu Jing. Yeah, it's like it's like. Look at Z. He's yeah. doing the fucking pose. Yeah, Charlie yeah, Hunnam, Jason just... Momoa, and this guy. Those are my my boyfriends. <laughs> That's the funny thing about this guy is that he he was sort of positioned as the next big thing, like um, in in SBL. You know, it was his fight scene against uh, Donnie Yen that was supposed to be the sort of passing the baton. And there, there were a couple of movies that came afterwards in Hong Kong where it just like, you know, landed like a wet fart. Nobody cared yeah. about Jing. And then a couple years, you know, five, six years later, he makes a couple jingoistic Chinese movies, and now he's doing fucking Iceman shit on the beach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminds me. It, watching Flex. It, uh, before Wolforia 2, his his supposed rise almost reminds me of uh you know Tony Ja a little bit. Like everybody Honestly, everybody thought he was gonna be the next big thing and then Yeah, and, and he's in um SBL two along with Tony Ja. Right. And that's honestly like if you guys haven't seen that, I don't know if it's on American VOD or readily accessible, but SBL two is an amazing dark Ray Two esque, you know, uh, violent martial arts movie, and this sort of signaled like, hold on, like maybe this guy has more to offer. Granted, like this move, this dude just made like the biggest movie ever. Right. Oh you yeah, know, he, he can call the shots now. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, which makes me like super intrigued. Like this is a guy who was cast aside, who was discarded who was just considered like, you know, a, a latch, you know, a guy who was latching on to the legacies of others. And he's turned in this thing. And, you know, whether this movie is genuinely as good as $840 million is, is irrelevant. Like he's tapped into something like really powerful and really profitable. And like, he's, He's not going anywhere. He's going to have carte blanche yeah. for yeah. a long while. And, and I think that we kind of haven't really – we touched on it a little bit, but this film is, is – well, maybe more than a little bit, but it's very nationalistic. It's very pro-China. Super. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that, you you know, China is, you know, for folks who, you know, haven't taken their history class, it's, it's you know, it's – it's very different from from America. I'll, I'll start by saying that, and they're communist, and they're run by you know a dictator basically. And I mean, it, it, 
this and it's every- like state run capitalism basically like you take our capitalism and you put it on crack because it's fueled specifically and explicitly by the government right. yeah and that's why it's like accelerating far beyond our economy yeah. as it is and but i mean it really sort of focuses on you know, it's uh, the way it presents itself to the world through this movie. It's not too dissimilar to the 80s. You know, it's tone deaf. It's fucking stupid as shit. Right. Um, and it's like super hyperactive about it. But it's not it's it's not that dissimilar. Like it's it's a really interesting way. Like, you know, you want to take a look at this movie as Americans and be sort of sardonic and sarcastic about it. But like it's like. You know, that that thing that Wolfie was referencing to me earlier today, like the fucking um, Saving Grace, or uh, uh, what is the song called? Um, Amazing Grace? Oh, the Amazing Grace Grace scene, yeah, yeah. We've seen that like five or six times. Oh, yeah. Okay, like, you know, like dealing with like, you know, an African population singing fucking Amazing Grace while bullshit's going on. We've seen that a billion fucking times, but now we see it through a tiny Chinese dude. Like, we can't be looking at it like, oh, that's stupid. You know? Like, that's yeah. how this shift is is moving now. It, in in the same breath, just for a movie-to-movie movie sort of thing, this film is so tone-deaf in a way that it made some statements on, like, American action movies in the 80s. Like, you literally, you know, like, everybody always complains, like, that the kids in these movies are fucking interchangeable. And they really just fucking illustrate it because the whole first part of the movie is carting around a little African-American kid, drops him <laughs> off, and then picks up another one. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> we, we've got an Ewok dance scene in the middle of, of the, the movie. fucking movie. Totally jump jump. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's totally shameless. Oh. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I think that oh. this movie, <laughs> I, I think where a lot of my favorite movies of this renaissance if you will are are succeeding where this one failed is that uh even the raid 2 which is probably about the same length of this like ended up making me leaving me wanting more certainly headshot in a raid and um you know the the uh, the undisputed films <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like those are always at a length where those end like like I wish that I could like cram a million of them like Netflix. By the way, Mars Ray Two is two and a half hours. Okay, so there's longer than this. A lot longer, yeah. So, uh, how long was this? Two hours six minutes. Yeah, it was fucking too long. It fe- it felt like it was three hours. It felt long. To be fair, like as much as fun as this movie is, which we could probably talk about like all of the fun things about this movie, like. It has a lot of bullshit in it. Yeah, if, um, yeah, but I think I think that but, I think you need some time to breathe to to uh, you do, but uh, sure, to, but. to to take all in the action that that you just watched. I mean, I think you need a, a seven ten minute uh, non action scene of of just sure whatever sure. bullshit needs to to uh, carry the story along. But fifteen minutes, I got no problem with that. Easily, fifteen twenty minutes could have been cut. Yeah, I, there's a lot of yeah. I agree. There's a lot of fat in this film, but it's it looks so good. Yeah. I guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee. I could take 25 minutes out of this movie, and I know right where I would fucking take it. It'd be like a fucking limp liposuction assassination. Like I was. I'm actually shocked because I feel like this movie was two and a half hours easy. 
like, like well, I, it like, was all over the place. Like, like you know, like it, it jumped around in time. It jumped around in geographical location. It it was kind of you know like felt like it was all over the place. And I felt like the gun fights and the fist fights were super inconsistent. Like I, I for my for my for my maybe more. Like, I feel like every time we have Jakey on, we do an action movie. I feel like we have two different levels of knowledge of, of action. But from my level of discerning action fan, like, I feel like some of those gunfights were, like, felt like little kids running around playing guns because there was just people running in the middle of, like, 100 people with guns, like, shooting. And some of the fist fights, like, the, the hand-to-hand fights fucking flubbed. Like, I personally think the end fight was just sort of mediocre. Like, I, I well, felt like that was disappointing. That speaks to the sort of sea shift. Like, the reason why people responded to this was was because it felt Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. For warts and all, like... Good, good, good point. People, yeah, like, that, that was the big thing, was that, like, they pursued that. Like, you know, as much as we lionize, you know, these sort of static camera shots and, you know, one shot, you know, showing all of these different... Um, you know, ornate, you know, choreography, like people want in China, they want movies to feel like Hollywood movies. And this is what it offered. And like, I wouldn't disagree that, you know, those moments, you know, felt a little standard or weren't particularly interesting, but they were well done. Like I wouldn't put this movie like in terms of its action choreography that far behind winter soldier. Because it does the same thing. Like, yeah. those Winter Soldier movies, they had as many cuts I as agree. this movie did. I, I, think for, I, I think they were maybe a little edited better, maybe. But. I, think the, I think that in general, I think some of the, some of the stunts and some of the action, like, it, it has higher high points for me in this. But I think, I think Winter Soldier is probably a more even film. Probably, yeah. I, I, oh, I yeah, just think, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is not for nothing, and you can call it, I don't want to say racist, but you can call it at least maybe uh, being a, you know, being a dumb white American. I go into this movie with certain expectations, and they're, it, they're the exact opposite of what it, what it delivered, you know? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think the, you know... Uh, I don't think the Undisputed films, for instance, which I fucking adore, and I... I, I Jakey told you. I know, I know. <laughs> and I, you know, uh, like, I don't think that those are uh, un-American in some of their choreography, you know? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that... Yeah, sure. You know, the way that, the especially the in-ring fights, you know, like, uh, those look, some of those look very much like a, a... I hate to say it because they've just made the some comedy in those couple of movies, but Russo-ish, I guess, for mm-hmm. a way to put it, you know, when you have two beefy guys flying around. and uh, But, like, I, I think that, like... It's better than you would... To be fair, though, like, when you watch this movie, like, when you look at Frank Grillo and his Frank Grillo fight scenes, mm-hmm. you get more Frank Grillo than you get um, Chris Evans. Yeah. Than you do in Winter Soldier. Like, there's still more. It may not be up to the standard that you want or that you come to expect from a Chinese movie, 
but it's still more than yeah it's just uh, a western film it's just disappointing even like if you put it during an 80s action film though like if you look at those contemporary like when just talk about the end fight scene like he was such a fucking dick and he was just mowing people down indiscriminately and betraying everybody and, and shooting men women and children and uh like i wanted him to get his comeuppance so much his comeuppance yeah that they just used it <laughs> As another nationalistic and another, you know what I mean? Like they just used sure. it, 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 it as another kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to say subtext because it was there in your face, but they just used it as another opportunity to do, um, to, to flag wave, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should well, be said his name is a uh, big daddy. Yeah. Frank well, is big daddy. In that stunt, like, I think one of the stars of this film was that stunt woman that I asked you about earlier today because, like, she, yes. she was fucking awesome. Like, the blonde? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, let me, uh, it's her, she's got a great name. Her, her name is uh, Heidi Moneymaker. Uh, and she's, like, her big sort of uh, connection is through the Russo. She was in, she played one of the assassins in John Wick 2. She did stunts in everything i mean she did stunts in avengers and uh civil war uh star trek i mean she's sort of um you know the american version of uh what's her face zoe bell uh death proof yeah zoe Zoe bell Bell. yeah i thought it was zoe bell initially yeah Yeah, she's great in this movie honestly like she's one of the highlights I think she's fucking awesome. Like, I, I enjoyed the mid card kind of villains too. They had a little personality. Yeah, they were all well, they were all great. And and for yeah, any, they any do good a good act. job of they do a good job of not killing them off too quickly. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Any good action movie needs them. I mean, it's it's kind of like a good video game. Like you need to have those mm-hmm. those real strong mini bosses to to make that boss even better. You know. So I think they did a great job of doing that. And uh, Oleg Prudius, I think is how you say his name, who <laughs> we mentioned again was a. Uh, uh, Vladdy Kozlov. Uh, Vladimir yeah. Kozlov. Do you guys remember back in the day, there was a guy in WWF who he would just sit in the crowd and they'd give him the mic and he'd say, double, double, E. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> you guys remember that? Not at all. I, so. I fucking loved him when he got in a ring. But he, he's a Sambo master. Like he's a, he's a legit martial artist, you yeah. know? He would be... Double, a, double. One of his moves that he would do in the WWF is that he would just fucking headbutt somebody in the chest. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then here's here's him in the WWE or WF, whatever. Is that, is that right? There's a weird, really? there's a weird lineage because even Nathan Jones, who showed up yeah, in a couple yeah. of Tony Jaa movies, right. he was in the WWE as well. Uh, I mean, that guy's fucking jack. He had some fucking range too, because after he was like this fucking nationalistic heel villain, he was a comedy act for a while. Oh, here's I'm gonna play some Cosmo. Yeah, yeah. It will be Mr. <laughs> Kennedy. Versus The Undertaker! I love Double Double E! (laughs) <laughs> what is this fucking super mix? I love Double Double E. I wasn't watching at this point. Double Double E. <laughs> Wait, here's an interview with him. Is that Teddy Long? You saw him on Raw this past week, but tonight... He's here on SmackDown. He's the Russian mixed martial arts expert. He's the world Sambo champion. Let me introduce to you, (laughs) Vladimir Vladimir Kozlov. And Vladimir, I've got to ask you, how are you enjoying your time at SmackDown here tonight? I'm very happy to be here in America. 
love double double E. I love SmackDown. I'm looking forward to compete in my America and around the world for double double E. Mr. Kozlov, I can tell you we're pretty partial SmackDown. Double double E. Double double E. Double double E. Double double do. Double double E. But he he played uh, he played the big. Yeah, the big guy with the big guy was fucking yeah. jacked, and he, he was, was fucking awesome. He was dating. God the, damn, the he was he was uh, scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Athena, right? Was Athena her? Athena, yeah. yeah, Athena. God yeah, damn, she that was, guy's uh, scary. She's been uh, Scarlett Johansson's stunt double. Oh, yeah. yeah, a stunt double since Iron Man two, even stunt double you know, e. up through Avengers, and she was Michelle Rodriguez's stunt doubles throughout the, all the Fast and Furious wow. movies. She she's been very fucking popular. awesome. She's pretty cool, man. I hope yeah, that this. At least in a backdoor way, and not that he's doing bad, but I hope the success of this like impacts Frankie some because like that dude's yeah, fucking sure. awesome, you know. Yeah, they talked about like his popularity in China, like obviously skyrocketing after this movie. I wouldn't be shocked if he's like the evil Guaylo du jour in in China, much like sure. other guys were in the the nineties in, in Hong Kong movies, because he's got a good look to him. And he he clearly can act well, even when he's directed by you know a, a Chinese director. He's not bad in this movie. No, no. And he can you play know. heel and babyface without like any altercation of. Yeah, you know how he, he looks, looks super or sweaty. Acts. Yeah, he knows his <laughs> facial hair. Mm. He's he's great in the movie. Honestly, like I I love him in this. Like as uh, as much as I love Scott Atkins, like Careful. he has more like natural. Like villain charisma, yeah. And that's, God Atkins has more abs. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I love that scene. I think it was actually, I think it was uh, Vladimir Kozlov. Uh, I think he said, "You'll just kill Doctor Chen." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Scott Atkins, if you're out there, I would like to count your abs. With my oh. mouth. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Christ. That's fucking just, creepy. Just touch it with your yeah. penis. Yeah. Just yeah. touch each Like his fucking xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take any credit for this because I think Jakey had said this, but Jeez. seriously, how many innocent people died in this fucking movie? Fucking lot, right? Jesus. Seriously. <laughs> so many innocent yeah. African bystanders die in this movie. It's hysterical. In, in Chinese... Well, yeah, I mostly mean, it's in Africa. Yeah, so yeah. like the, the like, like the part that that made me cringe just a little bit was after the the uh, the the car chase scene through the uh, through the small town, and one of the jeeps tips over oh, and, yeah, and yeah. falls into a pile oh, of dead bodies. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh god, damn, that's, that's a little rude. Gross. That's yeah. a little rude. Like it's a really fun, like kind of shanty town, like uh, car scene because you've got like you know you've got the heroes in their jeep, you've got the bad guys in their jeep, you know, with the minigun, and then you've got Heidi Moneymaker running around on the rooftops. Like it's layered, it's a lot of fun, but then all of a sudden they they like crash and then they fall on top of a an entire graveyard of, of disease, fucking dead Africans, <laughs> and it's like well. Y- you probably could have done it a little different, China. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I think it shows what was going on, though. I mean, it, it, it drove the the plague plot 
You just killed Doctor Chen. <laughs> <laughs> it delivers it whole, but I think you can do it in a more delicate way. He throws his hat yeah. down. He's like, like, "I'm so mad." You always do this to the moon, Alice. <laughs> Why are you? I'll murder you. Yeah, oh boy. Oh, I think he drove to the fucking hospital. <laughs> he body checks some dude with yeah. his fucking vehicle. Oh man, when they're okay, so you've got a group of bad guys, you know, like terrorizing this hospital filled with patients and doctors and shit, holding guns to them, and your hero bursts through the fucking building yeah. on a jeep, yeah. just launching through a wall and got the right room. Yeah. yeah, like crashing into innumerable amounts of like yeah. patients' bodies. He doesn't give a Fuck. No, he, he didn't no. have schematics that knew take, take this hallway. <laughs> no, no. This movie did so many things right, and it yeah. did so many like and it, <laughs> moralistic, almost, almost an equal amount of things wrong. This, like, yeah, yeah. Like if you have an issue, if you have an issue with uh, Clark Kent and Man of Steel, right. then you <laughs> yeah. think the main character in this is like he's he's the Lex Luthor. Like he is that much more psychotic because oh, he yeah. doesn't give yeah. a fuck. No. About an innocent my and, and, and you gotta love him for it. The uh, <laughs> you gotta love him. The, the fucking the hospital scene had some some like stuff that reminded me of like you know like on top of all the American stuff. Like I feel like they saw the raid too. Like so the way some of those dodges were like oh, really sure. showed and exaggerated. And then the same like uh, also you know obviously um, some of the gun gun foo was very you know. John Wickish, and you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it was just like you know, it was it was very much like uh, not like in a check boxes sort of way, but not in like a like how I was pissed at say Logan, where I felt like it was like very conscious that they were kind of leaning on some of the traditional action and superhero tropes like of the time. Like this, this did it, but it kind of just did it so fucking fast and so fucking unabashed, shamelessly that you almost didn't notice. Like it was almost like a like a fucking goulash of of the last twenty five years of action movies. <laughs> the the playing field is definitely a lot more level, you know, when you have you know, a guy who is as traditionally like competent as Wu Jing is in yeah. terms of like a guy who can make a traditional Hong Kong action film amazing. Like nice he's form. got all of the tools, but he's pulling from people like the Russos. Right. He's pulling from people like uh the guys who made John Wu wick and stuff like that that now like globally like the action playing field it's far more level yeah than it's ever been you don't have jabronis just trying to do john woo shit no you know and failing at it spectacularly like everyone's sort of grabbing from the same uh pull of inspiration well this, and it, it's pretty cool i don't i can't speak for uh what oh man her name escapes me right now i feel bad uh the atomic blonde there. Uh, Shirley Sturron. Sh- yeah, I can't t- speak of what she did or went through, but look at the amount of work that fucking Keanu did to be yeah. John Wick. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that showed, like, a respect for the fucking, yeah. I-, I guess, art he, form. For a lack of he did a 180 it. for a lot of people. A lot of people really looked down upon him as an actor, and I think a lot of people now have a lot of respect for him, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because of that turn in John yeah. Wick. I mean, Knock Knock almost made me fucking fall off the bridge but he did (laughs) like he he did he showed like more in between you know bill with guns and in in fucking john wick to the fucking unprecedented weird really 
good sleazeball acting he did in right. Neon Demon. I also really like 47 Ronin. I don't know if anyone else saw that. No, I haven't seen it. I, no. I, I've seen the beginning several times. I, I dug it. It I, wasn't I never, phenomenal, but I dug I would, it. I would go back based on this current era. Did you see it, Jakey? Uh, no, no. no I okay. I didn't like Man of Tai Chi, but I... I like that. I, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I want to go back. I and, that was good. I mean, it's, yeah. it, like, it had a lot of people in it that I like, but I just am not crazy about... He was, he was good in it, I thought, too. And he directed it, right? Yeah, he yeah. was directed it. He played the main villain. Yeah, which yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I loved. Right. I would yeah, that I was again. super into it. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to watch it again because I remember I, I was just coming off maybe the raid two, and I was in fucking. Well, yeah, I was I was in you know like, uh, I I felt like I had just watched twenty hours of of Johnny Saint and you were trying to show me Colt Cabana matches. <laughs> That's fair. second Johnny Saint reference tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are really driving home our virginity <laughs> and our in jokes. When when he like blocks a fucking rocket propelled grenade with a like a wire mattress. Oh, oh yeah, we just watched, watched yeah, that, that a few minutes ago. Yeah, so that was so fucking selfie. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, kind of awesome. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And one absolutely. of the other things that was ridiculous and looked so bad was when. They had the Ewok-style party that we were talking about, and then all of a sudden the drones show up and just start blowing shit up. Yeah. That looks so bad. Yeah. They killed, they killed so drones. many innocents. Yeah, so many. And what about that scene at the end when he is fighting uh, Frank Grillo, and people like the Chinese are pouring out of that bunker, yeah. and they're just out. getting fucking gunned down. Yeah, right? Stay inside. Yeah, and it's like, just stay inside. <laughs> stay inside. Someone is standing there gunning them down, and they just right. keep coming and the coming first, and coming. The first 20 people uh, get gunned down. Uh, <laughs> stay in the fucking house. They answered an important question, though. That's why the good uh, horror slash slasher throwbacks in a lot of the... Uh, in a lot of action movies, like uh, Savage Dog, for instance, work better um, in like you know the past or third world countries because if you have a phone to show people what's going on, they're just going to call it an airstrike. Sorry, Jason. Let's send troops. Let's send <laughs> missiles. Yeah. So yeah, it, like um, I don't know. Like it, Ugh. there was some questionable CG in this <laughs> film. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a fair amount of moments where you get like yeah, you gotta wonder the CG gunshots, but I think they do yeah. a good job with the the mm. splatter, and I think the splatter goes a long way to like covering up the the, the grossness <laughs> of CG gunshots. I, I just got to reference the chat room real, real quick. Bosch, uh, shit, I just lost. Hold on, I gotta I gotta scroll back. Um, hmm. Bosch was quoting you, Jakey. And the quote was, a really fun shanty town. <laughs> Jakey Poo, 2017. <laughs> These things happen when you watch kind of movies. You say ridiculous shit like that. Yeah. And, and Cecil, yeah, really fun poverty. Yeah. And Cecil, really fun, fun love and poverty. Cecil says, yeah. thousands of Africans dying is hilarious, and rape, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, you you got you got to set your you got to set your limits. You know. Yeah, like we're we're such hypocrites about like this is not okay, but this is yeah. fucking yeah. hilarious. It's it's just you have to see the movie it's very, because it's, it's cartoonish. Hey, I was it's, just gonna say that it's, it's very cartoonish. It's almost like like lives don't even matter. It's just like they're checking off like uh, all right, we need lots of innocent deaths. Right. Check. Yeah. It's you know, it's like, basically like 
it's basically like uh, playing Grand Theft Auto. You know, you just yeah. take out as many or people Halo, as you yeah. want just to uh, exactly, you know, just to achieve your goal. There's a scene that I thought of this that you've seen a million fucking times, but like the way that they fucking shot it was even that much more fucking uh, outrageous. The scene where a sniper tries to shoot the girl uh, and he moves out of the way and someone and like someone gets shot. Yeah. For some reason, that one shot takes two people down. Like when it was aimed for like one girl, like yeah, it's not enough that he's psychic. Yeah. he's able to move his girl out of the way, but like his consequence is that two more people get murdered because yeah. of it. it and yeah. so Cecil also, I think this is a quote. I don't know where it's from, but he it, so he he pastes. I think he pastes it from somewhere. But it says the jingoistic Chinese. Once again, I lost it. Fuck uh, the jingoistic Chinese action. Flick Wolf Warrior 2 is not a harmless piece of pro-military propaganda. This is the second highest earning film in all of Chinese history, and its character's sense of patriotism is built on the back of racist assumptions that would, in the European or American narrative, be rightfully criticized for being part of an ugly white savior power fantasy. Yeah. I mean, it's all there. It's yeah, just, yeah. like, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, hypocritical or not, like, you watch... Rambo 2 and you watch Rambo 3 and you watch like really problematic silly nationalistic shit and it should make your blood run cold but particularly when you're dealing with this perspective it just makes it feel all the more silly because of it like it just feels because they're this movie is essentially a copy of a copy Um, and it's a copy of a nationalistic imperialistic sort of perspective on the world and you know maybe we shouldn't be laughing about it but i don't know a rocket launcher was stopped by a mesh fence yeah i mean we we can look at it like you know like the the, the fucking africans are dancing for our pleasure and they, they won't stop you know being killed by this like crazy disease but Sometimes you do need this different sort of reference point to understand, like, this, like, global shift in powers. Like, you know, like, this movie isn't terrible. This is this movie isn't reflective of terrible things that the Chinese government is doing. But it is giving us a perspective that they are taking the place of what we were in the 80s. Oh, yeah. This, and this definitely takes off. From, it basically is like it seems like it takes off from where we left off in the 80s yeah and we can laugh at it but at the same time we can also understand that they are what we were and it does give us perspective towards the future but in the meantime yeah. we're gonna laugh that Wu Jing stopped a rocket launcher with a fucking mattress <laughs> you know we're, we're gonna laugh at you know all of these other things and we're gonna laugh at Vladimir Kozlov doing duck lips when he shoots his <laughs> big machine gun. You know, we're going to laugh at these tank battles and stuff like that because what else are human beings going to do in the face of global atrocities? We're so, going to laugh. So, uh, Leanna says, what do you mean what we were? There were fucking Nazis oh. in the streets, man. And, Leanna, absolutely. There were not at a place where things are, are, are you know, fine. But in the 80s, everyone was oblivious and didn't, 
didn't call out when things were wrong. At least now people are calling it out, and and we know yeah, yeah. we know when things are wrong. We're also and not the world power that we once were, as far as our. Is there a correlation? Yeah, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, yeah. uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, you're saying I think I think because she, we're no I longer think, as racist. I think she misunderstood the reference when we were talking about they were definitely what the United States was like. The United States was entrenched in every everything. You know, like the United States had the biggest movies and, you know, the, the but now, you know, in, in many, many ways, China is the big dog, you know, in in that sort of sense. You know, with us, the, the, the world powers that were world powers before uh, are kind of crumbling, you know, like we're not any better of people. We're probably worse of people now that you've like uh, social media and awareness has shined a light on our worst parts. But I think that what. Jakey and Jesse, uh, Wolfie, sorry, <laughs> we're referencing, Ooh. was more about 280 episodes, and you've only done that twice in like the last couple <laughs> weeks. Yeah, was what was the fuck? was about um uh, was about uh, the be, like kind of like uh, sticking that nose where it doesn't belong, which you which we are doing in different ways now, but it's it's just not the same. All right, so we, we do have to end this because it's getting very late and we still have to do some feedback and, so, and some other things. And we literally could keep talking about yeah. this movie because it is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, both of these movies we could spend like an entire oh, yeah. episode nonstop sure. on. The, real, real quick, I, I got to bring these up. There is a quote in here. Africa is the cradle of modern civilization, you motherfucker, MZ. You hear that? I thought about that. Yeah. I thought about that, too. (laughs) Everyone fucking hails from Africa. Really? Even you? Yes. Yes. If I do one of those DNA tests, it's going to say that I'm North African. Well, my brother. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right. And the other thing... The um, that fucking makeshift crossbow he made was the shit. Oh, what man, he went right? full Rambo with all of that yeah. like makeshift shit. And one the, other the, the cactus poison. Yes, yes. Had. Is that what that yes. was? Yes, okay. yes. Okay. yes. Right. And then that scene when he breaks back into uh, the factory, he breaks through a window. And in mid-stride, he picks up a piece of glass <laughs> yes. and kills two people with it, all in one fucking motion. That really happened too. That was a... how fucking incredible yeah. was that? Yeah, there was no movie magic involved yeah, in that, that at all. Film. And the, and then the mom, uh, I, I forget the kid's name, but the mom that they were saving, uh, she yeah. drops an elbow on one of the soldiers. Yeah. And says, yes, it says go to hell. She kind of bugged me a little bit. Oh yeah! And, and the other thing I loved is everyone. So when Lang Fang, when he when he had the virus, everyone fucking kicked him out. They were like, "You got to get out of here." They were like kicking him out, and then he came back. There was never any no, mention right. about him being sure. fine, <laughs> yeah. and no one said a thing. They were just so happy to see him. I was embarrassed to ask you guys what had happened because I thought that I had missed something somehow. It was so ridiculous because they had played up like that would have been a really cool. Kind of like, I don't know, like that. that's kind of the thing that you see. They set up this virus and you right. think it's going to be a race against time to cure him. Yeah, and that's going yeah. to be maybe towards the end of the, the runtime. But then he's asleep and then the woman sticks a needle in him and cures him. Right. Yeah. If, I, if I made like this, I would have turned later. him into a fucking high kicking zombie. That's for sure. Right, right. So that was just like, 
it had this opportunity and they just kind of floundered that opportunity. He didn't do much with it. And then when Kozlov is body slamming fools, I was fucking marking I out. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be- before we jump away real quick, what do you who do you guys like uh you know, he aped a lot of people in here, but like he definitely reminded me movement and fight wise and facial expression <laughs> of somebody in particular. Who did he remind you guys of the most in, in his Me like, it was kinda, Jet Li. Jet Li. Me, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. American yeah. Jet Li, though. <laughs> like, American <laughs> movie yeah, right. Jet Li. I that do was lo- the big point of comparison because he was so quick and he was so precise with yeah, with his yeah. movements back in the um, the early days when they sort of pushed him as the next big thing. Yeah, was, and, he was just so fucking quick. And, and Jet Li and so, was kind of, to me anyways, was an amalgamation of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, like where he could do those crazy stunts. Didn't really have the comedy like Jackie Chan, but... You know, did some of those like ridiculous kind of stunt type things, but was incredibly fast and and, and talented when it came to martial arts. So, yeah, Jet Li was like he, his big sort of earmarks were speed and precision. And yeah, that's a lot of what you know uh, Wu Jing had to offer, mainly because of that baton fight that he had with Donnie Yen and uh, SBL. Yep, and uh, you can still see it today, obviously. All right. Well, anyone else have anything before we go to the verdict? No? All right, let's verdict it. Trick or treat, baby. I wonder if people would say you're a trick or a treat. Trick or treat, motherfucker. All right, verdict time. We'll let you know whether this flick was a trick or a treat. And uh, let's start with Raven Shadow. Yo, I had a blast, man. I had a lot of fun watching this. Um, Still agree you could have shaved some time off. Uh, I like that his uh, little little triumvirate he put together uh, as the film progressed. Yeah, I actually like that the 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 dude that we're seeing on screen now. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember uh, the one who kind of ran the he factory. Looks awfully familiar. To the him. older guy. No, the no, younger that, guy. Oh, the younger guy. I dug, oh. I dug the older guy, but the other one that was more mostly like a paper champion. Like he wasn't really a fighter. He was yeah yeah, detail. yeah yeah. And then he he got his you know he got his wings. Yep. Um, but no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm gonna, definitely going to show this to people uh, at a possible samurai night or gathering. So, uh, yeah, big old treat. Yeah. Han Zang, that's his name. Or Zong Hans. Zong they always Han put him or... back. Would you? Uh, yeah. He looks so familiar. He does look familiar. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the movies he's been in, though. So, All right, MZ, your verdict. Yeah, I had a blast with this movie, man. This was a lot, a lot, a lot. A oh, actually, lot he was in Young Detective D. I thought so. Which we saw. Hmm. So, there you go. That's right. That's right. I thought he looked familiar. Um, I I really did enjoy this flick. I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, the chase scenes, the fight scenes. You know, I, I'm not into the kung fu movies like, like uh, Dynamo is over here. But, um, you know, I do know what I like. And I really like this. I, you know, the cartoonish violence the complete lack of 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 uh responsibility towards other people's lives is just so over the top and hysterically you can't just help but laugh and just laugh at those scenes and enjoy and just enjoy some really awesome action sequence and some really bizarre scenes uh i can understand why this made as much money as it did because uh, it, it because it's so it, nationalistic. Yeah, right? <laughs> it fills you with Chinese pride. Yeah. <laughs> with the fucking, this, that, that scene at the end where you're just like carrying the flag. 
<laughs> MZ's yeah, going to keep I, resubmitting his DNA test until it comes back Chinese. <laughs> Northern China. It's almost laughable. Like this, this, there's good action in this, but there is some kind of like kind of deplorable like stereotypes and stuff that's going oh, on. Sure. And, you know, and I know we're kind of like glossing over because it's, it's, you know, wrapped up in sort of this action candy coating. But, but I mean, also it's worth saying like that, you know, there was the joke before that rape is is killing all these Africans are bad and rape is 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 good. Or how no, 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 the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way around. But um, uh, killing killing Africans uh, is, is timestamp that. Sorry, I think, yeah. <laughs> sorry, whatever. I've been watching too many old crypto casts where you, I can't show them anymore because of MZ's rape fucking romance. No, it's humble, humble. Yeah, remember, humble. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. fucking yeah. ruined the show. Yeah, but, I, uh, yeah, I destroyed everything. You did. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of it if it, if it pisses you off that much. I'd be excited if well, let me just, just continue. Let me buttons. just continue. Hold, hold on. Yeah, let me just continue. Let's finish this up. All right. So, yes, this is a high treat. No, oh, I'm glad I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to get it out there. All right, Mars man. <laughs> um, to, to finish what I was saying before, uh, that definitely, though we are kind of glossing it over, like I think all the innocents getting killed by the gorillas and the mercenaries like definitely made these fucking people terrible. Like again, it's what I was talking about before. Like, yeah, they're they're fucking bad they, people. They're the fucking yeah. worst. Yeah. I always go back to that authority. But what thing about that, Wu Jing or Leng Feng, the character? Like he killed a lot of innocents. Yeah, he didn't too. care about anybody either. Right. But, like, <laughs> and he's, he a good, no he's a good. Yeah, he, but I mean, it, it, it's like I, it's like I was talking to Wolfie in the car about all the letters that got written in the second story arc of the Authority, where people were pissed off and offended. That the bad guys were invading Earth to make it a rape camp, and it's like they're fucking bad guys <laughs> yeah. doing. You know, to paraphrase my partner, bad bad people doing bad things. Right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know this, the you know Frank and his posse were fucking bad guys, and I love that. Um, I love that I live in a time where a movie like this that would have fucking blew my mind five years ago is like kind of a, a lower tier <laughs> action movie right now. Um, I thought that this was pretty good. I, I will say that the nationalism and the, quite frankly, racism at times, uh, the spotty CGI and the length almost honestly pushed this to be a tepid treat. Like, it, it did try my patience on in some, some fucking, you know, jettisoned, some started and jettisoned plot points, and it, it fucked up a lot of stuff, and it almost made it a tepid treat, but, uh, you know, I, I think that... You know, the I, I specifically where it won me back over when he was running away from the fucking tank that was just mowing down a building as yeah. he it followed it, and you know, the fucking cactus poison too. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, I mean, this film has some great action points. It, it it does make you work for them a little bit, but uh, it's a it's it's definitely worth a uh, a see treatsy. All right, Jakey Boo. Uh, it's it's an interesting movie, you know. Maybe in ten years' time, you know, maybe China collapses. Maybe the hit the uh, the big bubble bursts. <laughs> but uh, if 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 all things continue as as things are going, you know, this is going to be a, a cultural touchstone uh, in the way that you know Rocky Four might have been a cultural yes. touchstone or something like that, uh, which is uh, absurd and hilarious and crazy and wild and for whatever reason. 2017 is the year that we got this movie a sequel to a a silly action movie so it's it's interesting and important on multiple levels and it's definitely worth checking out it's important it is fucking important 
<laughs> it, it's it's absolutely worth checking out. You know, when people listen to this, if they're for whatever reason you're intrigued by it, uh, you should be able to uh, VOD it very soon. Watch it, have fun with it. It's silly, good fun, and you might just talk about it in sort of hushed tones later down the line when we're dealing with our Chinese overlords. Oh. So, uh, assuming they listen to this, Chinese drums. overlords, I give this an emphatic treat. <laughs> All right. And for me, I also give it a treat because I, I just love the action in it, despite, you know, some of the sort of lesser parts of it. But I'm, I'm still kind of amazed that this movie exists in 2017. And it was. It just was overall fun and filled to the brim with action. It definitely channeled a lot of 80s action tropes, uh, but wrapped around a somewhat sweet kind of emotional story that you can get behind. So I think you mm-hmm. can get something out of that. Uh, it's definitely interesting to see. And I, this is before I even knew about the Russo brothers' involvement in you know in helping Wu Jing. But uh, it definitely, to me, it looked like a traditional Hollywood-style action film through just a Chinese sociopolitical lens. So, you know, this film takes what, be- what works best about Hollywood. Honk- it takes what works best in Hong Kong action and makes just a really fun, over-the-top amalgamation. And, yeah, is there stuff that, that is offensive in this? Yes. And is there a very high death toll of innocence? Yes. <laughs> but overall, <laughs> if a- you like 80s action films, this kind of takes off where where that leaves off. And Wu Jing is an impressive uh, actor and director, I-, I will say. And if you're a fan of these style of movies, then I, I would recommend checking it out. And, uh, you know, it's definitely, definitely does, does more good things than, 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 than the bad. It, the good outweighs the bad for sure. So treat for me. That is going to do it for our review of Wolf Warrior 2. You can catch it on VOD in uh, just a few days. So, uh, if you want to be on the lookout, there you go. So that is going to do it for our film reviews. December Cram Jam week one is in the books. Now we have some feedback to get to. Jakey, do you happen to have that email I sent you? Ooh, what is it, what is the suffix? Is it Yahoo? Is it Gmail? Yahoo. I'll, Yahoo. What I I'll don't do think is, I have it. Okay. You I, may need to resend it. I can either resend it or I can, I can read it as well. Okay. Because, unfortunately, I don't see it. I'm looking at my Yahoo right now, and I don't see it. All right. Uh, I don't know if how Yahoo is about filtering spam, but that could be... I'm looking at the spam, <laughs> and I don't see it. All right. Let me, I'll just I'll start off and read it. Uh, unfortunately, Oily Maniac, uh, this... You blame Wolfie. Don't blame, blame me. Yeah. I, I, I did send it for whatever reason. It didn't, it didn't he did it. There. You know what, actually? Yep. You know what, Jakey? Let me, let me just... Uh, I'll send to you via Facebook. Okay, all right. And I'll let me play the, a voicemail, and then I'll, I'll send it to you. So all let's right. hear from Liana. So I've decided, after much deliberating and uh, retries on recording stuff, to talk about Santa Claus this week. Oh. And I've decided to talk about Santa Claus because he's fascinating, And I really love mythology and folklore, so why not talk about probably the earliest myth you ever learned as a child. And now, um, Santa Claus, as we know him in America, comes from three main sources. 
those sources are folklore from Norse mythology, Christianity, and capitalism. <laughs> so let's start with the oldest one, which is Norse stuff. From the Norse bin, he's also a mix of Thor, Odin, and trolls, various holiday-related trolls. You might be surprised at this. From Thor, you get the idea of the sleigh, because Thor rides a chariot driven by goats. And that's why even now in some Nordic countries, specifically Sweden, they have this idea of the Yule goat. Uh, And they even still say Yule there. From Odin is the idea that he travels the world in one night, which comes from the myth of the wild hunt, which I suggest you Google because I think it's a very cool myth. His dress also comes from Odin. He wears the traveler's cloak. And from trolls, you get the idea of giving presents. Because like, um, even if you read, for example, um, the story from the Grimm's brothers about the elves making shoes, that's sort of where the idea of gift-giving from supernatural creatures comes from. And so that all blended in to create this one figure from Norse mythology. And then Christianity came along and took the real story of St. Nicholas and combined it with this mythological figure. And then, of course, when Christmas became popular in the Americas because of Charles Dickens' (laughs) A Christmas Carol, Coca-Cola then decided to take this existing mythological figure and make him into a story for kids of all ages. He's a very intriguing figure. There's no way I could tell you all of it in three minutes, but I really suggest you look up the the various themes and origin points of what we now know as Santa Claus. It's pretty interesting. Some of the stuff I definitely didn't know. I didn't know the the Norse mythology stuff. The only thing I knew was the Coca-Cola the yeah. uh, myth. So they created Santa. Well, they, they didn't create him, but they brought him. They, they the trade bears. <laughs> <laughs> no, they 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 uh, back in like the early 1900s, they uh, uh, came up with the image of what Santa Claus would look like. Did Santa Claus and ever it stuck? Did he ever ride Oreo the holiday goat? I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that they stuff do. that she. <laughs> <laughs> talked about <laughs> talked about ties into like uh you know the stuff like saint saint nick and um you know black peter and uh mm-hmm. you know obviously krampus like the troll stuff and uh the swedish uh tumtugavas yeah. uh which, you know uh <laughs> <laughs> jakey uh jakey you, you, am i wrong uh what nationality are you I'm I'm America, bro. No, I hate you. No, geez. Are you one percent? He's, he's actually going to play oh, that okay, card. Okay. He's so North African, one percent. <laughs> my, my mommy's side is Dutch, and my daddy's side is German. Okay. That's why Jakey's so good at giving Dutch ovens. Could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't have so I so one side of my family, a small side, but it's the side I lived with. Just my grandmother was Swedish. And um, 
we had all this Swedish propaganda that I can never talk to anybody about because everybody thinks I'm fucking crazy. But we had all these decorations that were like these little fucking dwarfs. Called mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next, John? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, a seven hour show <laughs> Yeah with Jakey we're going to do it It happens It happens. Alright Jakey did you get the uh, The the message from uh, Oily I time? did Okay, I You, you want to go ahead and read that Yes this is from our boy Oily uh, The maniac himself He says hey trick or treat fellas And big sexy Jakey Sama And that is like the highest Form of uh, Like honorifics in big Japanese sexy this, the Sama part? Yeah. Well, yeah. Big Sexy. I mean, Kevin Nash is obviously big in Japan. That's what it's called. Big Sexy. It's, it's very important. It's like being knighted. Um, he says, favorite action movie, you ask? I don't know if you guys ask, but apparently he's answering. Yeah, it, that, that was the question of the week. Favorite Asian action movie. Oh, well, there you go. He says, you guys are crazy. That's like asking for favorite European, UK included, horror film. It is true. It's very open-ended. Yes, super open. And you said action, so I'm going with guns and shit blowing up. You already smashed all of Asia into one category, so I'm choosing action, not martial arts. So, my choice for favorite action film is, insert gong sound, Raven Shadow, give me a gong sound. Uh, (laughs) That was a good one. All right. You did a great wow, job. Wow. Yeah. Is it acting. See, that's, that, that's the callback. Was that alcohol? <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, cool. He says, if you ask me tomorrow, it'll be the killer, but today it is bullet in the head. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, yep. John Woo's 1990 Vietnam War epic tragedy of three friends who leave Hong Kong to find their fortune in turbulent 1960s Vietnam. It's probably too melodramatic for today's audience, but if you are willing to buy into Wu's sincere primal scream, bonus points if you do your Tiananmen Square and HK 1997 homework, it's a hell of a ride. Wu's film presents war as a clusterfuck of murder and inhumanity while still having kinetic ultra-violent action set pieces that thrill in all their pre-CGI practical effects and stunt glory. My first exposure to this was a bootleg VHS Chinese grocery store rental that contained contained the quote-unquote festival cut featuring a harder cut of the film with the legendary piss drinking scene and the boardroom ending i was also lucky enough to see this film theatrically multiple times in the mid-90s before miramax bought it and buried the hong kong movie circuit in the u.s i adore bullet in the head and it's a shame there's never been a u.s home video release uh before i go any further i agree a thousand percent <laughs> he says, is Monster Zero's favorite Asian action movie the Japanese film Rape, exclamation point, uh. 13th hour. It would make a great double feature with Solo. Solo sorry for the rambling, dot, 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 the oily maniac. MZ, have you ever seen Rape, 13th hour? I have not. <laughs> he is now. Oh, but I, I can't know. fucking wait to. No, no, no. Jump no. I, I, I have not. It is it is one of the weirder, more grotesque, more um, oh what is the word um, transgressive uh, Asian films released. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically about a psychotic 
um, gay man who manipulates uh, another guy into doing terrible things. And it's like, it is really detestable and ugly and just reprehensible on every level imaginable. And um, I think for Oily's sake, I you need to watch it and offer up your singular thoughts. I feel like matter. Jakey was just reading Monster Zero's yearbook thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is the where is this film available at? You may have to look it up online. I'm going to look on YouTube. Sometimes these movies are are available on YouTube free. Mm. This was actually a movie that I reviewed. Uh, in a previous life on podcasts without honoring humanity. My show, my show. Yeah, Mars loves it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really like it's it's super stylish, so it's interesting in that regard, but it's like it's not like redeemable in the slightest. Like it's a really ugly movie. Yeah. Um but it 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 it's sort of it's it's an interesting um Japanese film in that regard in that it it offers interesting cinematic things but it does it in the most disgusting way imaginable um and just judging by Google it doesn't look like it's available on uh YouTube but I I think if you dig around online you should be able to find it it's not because anybody cares about it it's a disgusting movie all right so this is this this would be would this be considered trash cinema well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll take a look at it. Yeah, like most people would consider Roman porno uh, from that era if it was just like all about depravity. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's basically about a manipulative, evil human being being a manipulative evil human being, but it has like a lot of like interesting cinematic uh, moments in it that sort of redeems it, but it, it doesn't really redeem it. So it's right up your alley. Cool. I'll, I'll take a look at it. The last, the last really sick film that I watched was a movie called Sweet Movie. I don't know if you ever seen that. That's available on YouTube. Check it out. Ooh. <laughs> okay, the, the, the synopsis for this movie is a serial rapist takes on a young protege to his craft as he is pursued by a homosexual gang seeking vengeance for an attack on their leader. Hmm. And this is by the same guy who um, Went to directed films like uh, uh, Female Scorpion, uh, Grudge Song, Assault oh, Jack the Ripper. Okay. Um, he, he's, he's actually like directed some relatively noteworthy films yeah, that you yeah. can actually buy on DVD. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard uh, of uh, Female Scorpion. I think I might have even seen that. Well, he he only did one of those movies. He did like one of the later ones, but he did shit like Savage Wolf Pack. He did a movie just called Rape. <laughs> wow, which is that's just pretty a direct. Thing. Uh, he did another movie called Raping. Jesus. Exclamation wow. point! Um, Exclamation! So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Can we talk about Santa again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Easter so, Bunny. So, <laughs> so there, there's Oreo. Pick Oreo. up. <laughs> You, you, got your quota, uh, you got your quota of sleaze, Oily. Okay. Thanks, Oily. Thanks for contributing. <laughs> All right. So we got two more voicemails. Let's get to these and let's fucking end this shit. So let's uh, go to Carlos. He's going to talk about his favorite Asian action oh, film. Carlos. Hey, Trick or Treat Radio. This is Carlitos. How you guys hey. doing? Hey. Favorite Asian action movie, huh? Well, that's easy. It's Robo Vampire because... Mm. 
<laughs> Godfrey Ho, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's not my answer. Um, <laughs> I, I do enjoy some good. I do enjoy some Robo Vampire every now and then, but that's not. I wouldn't. No. Anyway. Um. Actually, uh, my actual answer is uh, probably a movie that's gonna come up quite a bit. Maybe, maybe not. I'm gonna go out on a limb that say it's Mars's favorite action, Asian action movie, and that's The Raid 2. Yeah. Oh, Actually, it's The Raid. Nah, it's The Raid 2. <laughs> nah, fuck it, watch them both. And, yeah, but fuck, I love The Raid movies. Um, it's what I would call the what the fuck is this type of movie. Um, back in the early days, uh, those type of movies would be like John Woo films, particularly The Killer and Hard Boiled, and then uh, around 2003 it was Ong Bak. And uh, but and then the raid films came along, and man, I love those are just some awesome, super crazy action movies. Uh, so if you haven't seen the raid, I'm not gonna even just explain. It. Just just go see it and thank me or thank whoever recommends those movies to you later. You all be better for it after you see those movies if you haven't seen them already. So that's my pick. The Raid, two, or one, or two, but yeah. Anyway, talk to you guys next week, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, see you guys later. Bye. See you, Carlito. All right, Carlos. Well, great choice. I mean, you can't really go wrong with those flicks. I heard from you, Carlos. So, Mars, uh, I'm sure he, well, he's coming back in the room now. Uh, Mars, Carlos said Raid 1 and Raid 2. He couldn't decide. I'd, it's good choices. I had to pee my pants. I had to not pee my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, it was bad. Around the time we started the review of the last film, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> All right, so thank you, Carlos. Always good to hear from you, my friend. And we yeah, got one. Carlos is the best. Yeah, he's awesome. We got one more voicemail, and this is from Anonymous. Ooh. Ooh. Hi, guys. It's time oh. for your weekly poem. There you go. Nice. Um, well, there you this go. week. I am going to read you Metamorphoses of the Vampire by Charles Baudelaire, translated by Richard Howard. (laughs) The woman, meanwhile, writhing like a snake across hot coals and hiking up her breasts over her corset stays, began to speak as if her mouth had steeped each word in musk. My lips are smooth, and with them I know how to smother conscience somewhere in these sheets. I make the old men laugh like little boys, and on my triumphant bosom all tears dry. Look at me naked, and I will replace sun and moon and every star in the sky. So apt am I, dear scholar, in my lore that once I fold a man in these fatal arms or forfeit to his teeth my breasts which are timid and teasing, tender and tyrannous, upon these cushions swooning with delight, the impotent angels would be damned for me. When she had sucked the marrow from my bones, and I leaned toward her listlessly to return her loving kisses, all I saw was a kind of slimy wineskin brimming with pus. I closed my eyes in a spasm of cold fear, and when I opened them to the light of day beside me, instead of that potent mannequin who seemed to have drunk so deeply of my blood, there trembled the wreckage of a skeleton, which grated with the cry of a weather vane or a rusty signboard hanging from a pole, battered by the wind on winter nights. What do you think of that one, MZ? I liked it. 
Yeah. Very good. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Leanna. A lot of vampire references today, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Is there? Has been. I want to suck your balls. <laughs> oh, it's just Raven, <laughs> just Raven Chat on this fucking role playing game. Yeah. It's a masquerade of the embrace. <laughs> Allie Coles. Yeah. All right, we need to we need to wrap this shit up. It's really late. It's fucking late, dude. And we're over four hours, <laughs> or we're getting close. So oh, it's only just past midnight for me. I'm cool. We can go for another hour if you guys want. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. All right. Well, you keep on talking on the phone. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll sounds good. Pack up and see you later. I'll sit with you, Jakey. <laughs> All right. So as we say our goodbyes, want everyone to talk about their favorite Asian action movie, and let's. First, say our goodbyes, our our unfortunate goodbyes to our good buddy Jakey Poo. Yeah, man. Jakey was it was always a fucking pleasure. But tonight, you you brought it, man. You had some great thoughts oh. about the films, and uh, it was fucking awesome having you on. And see you next week. I, I sometimes take for granted that Mars and I get to talk to you every day. That right. it's it's fun to just shoot the shit with you in this kind of in this uh, format. So. I love it. Uh, these are these are moments that I like. It's it's not even blowing smoke up your skirts or anything like. These are moments that I cherish and that I enjoy, and I uh, I bookmark them so I can revisit moments where I'm laughing and I'm having a great time with my friends. And any any time I get to do that, I, I I'm always appreciative. And MZ so at Raven you. Shadow. Hey, <laughs> dude, these guys are a huge part of it. No joke. Yeah. No fucking joke. I, I love. It. Even I though Raven really... Shadow didn't come see you when you're home, yeah, Listen, that's well, okay. It's different that's now. It. I have a new continuity. It's true. <laughs> it's crisis, <laughs> crisis on infinite alimony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get Jakey well, Boo. Uh, we'll get Oreo. We'll get Mons. We'll have a good time. Yeah. Uh, before we say our, uh, you know, good, our, our formal goodbyes to the thing, I just want to say a lot of shit has changed since I was sitting alone in a hotel room in Philadelphia listening to you talk about barbecue in the upcoming UFC uh, event <laughs> at that time and thinking that you were the fucking coolest dude in the world and you have defied all of my expectations and I can't believe we're not only friends, we're brothers. Like, uh, it's yeah. just one of the things that I truly like cherish that's happened over the past bunch of years. So I love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. You, you guys are the best. Dynamo. Love you, dude. Wolfie, love you, dude. Smooches. MZ, love you, dude. <laughs> Back at you, man. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, you're forgetting something. <laughs> hey, really? At, at two, I? Jakey? Oh, oh, oh uh, Raven Shadow. Um, you're welcome. Oh, you're all fucking cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jakey, uh, what? I know it's so hard for you to choose, but do you have a favorite Asian action film? Uh, if if a gun to my head, it'd be hard boiled. Um, ask me any other day, I'd probably give you a different answer. But it's definitely John Woo's hard boiled. Uh, I, I love it. I love to, to itty bitty 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 pieces. All right, there you go. Good choice. All right, MZ. Yes, sir. Well, uh, it was mentioned earlier, and I and I'll champion this movie all the time, and uh, definitely bullet in the head by John Woo. John Woo is like. The master at, the, at you know at the time is he early nineties. Daddy, he is the Mac Daddy, <laughs> or at least he was the Mac Daddy. Maybe he still is the Mac Daddy. The Who knows? Daddy. But, Hot step. But uh, <laughs> but back in the early nineties, man, this guy was a shit. And uh, that that trifecta of the killer, hard boiled, and uh, bullet in the head, you can't go wrong with any one of those three. 
you know, so I'm I'm definitely picking Bullet in the Head. I I think that's his best out of his three films. All right, and you're goodbye. The Raven Dance Douchebags. All right, Raven Shadow. Yes. Uh, my favorite Asian action movie is pretty much my answer for everything is Big Trouble in Little China. What? That was made Why? in the United States of America, <laughs> sir. What's in the title? What it's the China. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Wang. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. I'm my, kidding. No, you're not. You're not even no, kidding. Not kidding. I am kidding. I'm fucking tired, though. So my favorite Asian movie is fucking Wolforia 2. Thank you. <laughs> Treat. <laughs> I had to go feed Oliver. <laughs> oh, I live fast, love hard, die with your mask on. <laughs> Was that uh, Jesus? Was that Christ. improvisation? It was. Yeah, it was. And it's scene. Like and scene. <laughs> and scene. Uh, all right, Mars. Kill man. Bill was an uh, an Asian action film too. Uh, this is impossible for yeah. me to pick. Candles is my favorite Asian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gung ho! In my new style, American girlfriend. Um, Does replacement killers count? Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone knows what my f- favorite one is, but uh, I'm going to mix it up for a film that I've seen probably more times than any martial arts film. Um, I own it on a few different mediums, and I'm not even fucking positive. I, I know it's not good, but I love it. I love it so much, uh, and that's Master the Flying Guillotine. Ah, oh, lovely. All right. Now say goodbye, Mars. Arriva Dutch douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you say. Uh, remember, children, wherever you go, there you are. All right, this was a tough one for me, and I was going to go with the John Woo flick, but uh, a couple of them have been mentioned, so I'm going to go with something else. So, Hard Boiled was definitely up there for me, and I think, I think I'm going to go with something. I, I kind of liked what what Oily said that he he wanted to pick a straight action movie as opposed to a martial arts film because you know that's kind of all you know they do fit in the action genre uh but mm-hmm. i actually am gonna go with a, with a martial arts film and this isn't it's not my favorite but it, it's one of my favorites and i'm a big fan of stephen chow and i really enjoy his 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 film work and we we kind of talked about jet lee and, and jackie chan and i think he is kind of that He's he's the one that carried the torch for Jackie Chan, if if anyone did, with his sort of physical comedy and his just straight up comedy in his movies. Straight up now comedy. And I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I was thinking of Shaolin Soccer, but I'm gonna go with Kung Fu Hustle because I just I just fucking love that movie. It's great. It's mm-hmm. such a good movie. It's so much fun. It's it's like Looney Tunes meets like. Like some incredible like martial arts movie, uh, it's it's just so much fun. Never seen Shaolin Soccer all the way through. Oh, it's great. Do you like the Stephen Chow movies, uh, Jakey? I love them. Yeah. I love them. Good. And honestly, uh, on the topic of that, you should check out a, a movie called Gallants, which is a movie that came out in 2010, a fair amount of time ago. But it's sort of a tribute to a lot of the stuff that's referenced in Kung Fu Hustle. Okay. Um, that era of, of Kung Fu. And it has sort of a, the same cavalier fun, you know, sort of goofy um, uh, sense of humor. I think you'd love it. So watch that after you watch King of Pro Wrestling. 
<laughs> I see. I have I have a hierarchy here. Yeah. Okay, yes. Gallants yes. from 2010. I got it. Okay. Yeah, but only after King of Progress. Right, of course, of course. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, Kung Fu Hustle will be my pick, and that is going to do it. So, Jakey Poo, awesome having you on, buddy. Thank you so much. Smooches. and. Smooches. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging out in the chat room. Uh, there was We had so much going on with the two flicks and with Evil at the beginning of the show uh, that we didn't really get a chance to interact very much with the folks in the chat room, but they were they were really chatting it up tonight. A lot of awesome stuff going on in there. So I want to thank everyone for hanging out in the chat room, everyone who sent in feedback. Yeah, dudes. And everyone who listens to the podcast when it drops on Fridays on Apple Podcasts, yeah, on Stitcher, Google Play, Satchel Podcast Player. Also, one thing, we haven't gotten a, a five-star review in a long time. I would love... <laughs> we haven't done a five-star show ever. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get some more five-star reviews. Yeah, we have like... Somebody call Uncle Dave. We haven't hit... <laughs> Wait, call Coop. He's got all those He's stickers got all those now. fucking stars. We haven't hit above two-star in years. <laughs> But we do have, uh, I know there's a lot of people that listen that probably have never given us a review. So if you've never done it, just go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and just give a couple words. Let folks know why you dig the show. Because uh, while we have a great listener base and we have been growing, uh, we have cl- like steadily been growing. I would love to just kind of push this way over the top. And you know, with Apple Podcasts, if if you're not getting reviews, it's hard for new people to find you. So we'd appreciate that. It's you know we don't ask for much, but I would really appreciate if you guys would do that. So having said that, we want to thank you guys, everyone, and uh, we will see you guys next week. I'm not sure who we're going to have as a guest or what our second movie will be, but the first movie we're going to review Mother from Darren Aronofsky. So Mother. Not that mother, but... Mother. <laughs> so everyone go check out Cult of Muscle and Jakey. Marge, you got something quick? See you at the Cove uh, this Sunday for two of the best fucking punk bands ever. There you go. See ya.